Stephen Watson writes to me on uh, Facebook. No, he didn't. And all he says is the following. You just called him holster and got away with it. <laughs> I'm like... I mean, that's funny. I, I said, yeah. He says, I dare you to do it again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh, I mean, it's lightning and holster with you. you try it. You can try it. I just did. Let's see. What do I have around here? Okay, just keep talking. Just <laughs> no. Keep talking. Let's move it on. All right, so listen, I have I have a couple stories. I am excited to get to Mark Allen because you do have some Jeep exclusives, I believe, as he sips on his Wiener Schnitzel giant tanker of a Dr. Pepper. Well, that's because you came hungry, and then we had to go. We did. And we haven't been there in a long time. I also want to talk about the 24 Duramax that we just dyno tested at Banks. Oh, the one that uh, cannot take any aftermarket products at all. Oh, so you saw that. You saw my post about that. I, I kind of wanted to read that, uh-huh. read through that real okay. quick. Do right. you want me to do it now? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll, do it. we'll do it later. And I wanted to talk about my chiropractor. So well, I'm not a fan of chiropractors. But and I know on. this is not truck related. But, but hold on. Before you get to your chiropractor, that was your issue all day yesterday. So I couldn't walk right yesterday. But I on almost the way, went to CVS and bought a cane. But on the way home, you had another issue. Oh, you want to bring that up? Okay, so... It's funny. We took a trip uh-huh. and recorded some awesome audio, which uh-huh. I'm excited to get to. Uh, next episode? Yep. Our friends at Schmillwood, Schmengineering. No, no, no. It was... Uh, uh, you you take the first and second syllable letters mm-hmm. of the words, and you, so it's Willwood. You just, you just reverse them. Well, then that's not... Now they know. No, no, no. I reversed the, the, the first w- word, the first letter of each syllable. Uh-huh. Willwood. I get that, and yet it's the same. Just and now like they you're, know. you're Tay Gillis, and I'm Han Schulman. We went to Willwood yesterday. Do you see how it works? Tay Gillis, yeah, right. And Han Schulman went to Willwood. I know, but the problem is Willwood is still Willwood. Race car. <laughs> That's something different. It's very different. All right. Anyway, so, it's like a two and a half hour drive in traffic from there back to here. It's an hour with no traffic, and there was all the LA traffic uh-huh. that LA could possibly generate. All I can tell you is lightning was ahead of me because mm-hmm. we're going to the same place. Yeah. We're you know we're we're on the same route home. Yeah. Well, first he, off, we need to back up and say that the Willwood guys were amazing. But yeah, but we'll say that in the next episode. We will. We will. But so. I have to lead in. We ate and we drank right after our yeah. our recording session. Mm-hmm. So I get in the TRX. And followed me on the freeway. And followed you. And I was at 75 miles an hour cruise control, just chilling, but I had adaptive cruise control on. And you got tired because somebody in front of me was doing 72 and you couldn't handle it. So you get around yep. me. And then you, I'm watching you in the distance and you're five little LED lights just do, 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 and get further and further away. And then you're gone. I go, oh, you must have just really... Gone somewhere. I did about go somewhere. And, and yes. I get a phone call and I'm like, what, are you home already? You're like, no, I'm in Santa Monica. <laughs> and I'm like, that's way behind me. You're like, code brown. Yeah, it was a major code brown. Wow. Dude, me, oh my God, it was awful. So I'm in like Santa Monica, which is not where you want to stop. D- decent town, but like. It's just so busy. If, and if, it's if not, you've got to go yeah. to the bathroom. You're not going to get help. You're going to go to a Denny's and they're going to look at you sideways. If if you can find a Denny's, gas stations do not open up their bathrooms. No, because there's a crazy homeless population. Because there'll be needles in there. Druggies and and it was insane. So I just, I could, I was sweating. I was reenacting the thing Uh I talked about on the last episode. It Uh happened again. Uh So I'm cruising. I get off on Washington. Uh I pull over. I'm like about to turn right (gasps) to my left. I see a Chevron. I'm like, okay. there's no way it's going to have a bathroom. Of course not. Not a chance because right. it's right and off it's the freeway. And it's going to be super dirty. 
roll down my window. You Can I the, cut across? You did the penguin waddle when you got out? I, first, I, I have to cut across an intersection because I'm in the right lane to turn right, and I mm. did go left. No. So I stopped the traffic, and I and they let me through. Lucky. I dart across. They don't do that in Santa for anyone. Uh, there was a parking spot right in the front, and I l- walk in, and I see a bathroom behind the cashier desk. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, there's a piece of paper on the door, and I kn- it's, it's got to say like, for employees only. It has to because it's behind the counter. It's literally written on that piece of paper. It's a paper square. It says, this is the last piece of toilet paper in the building. No, it oh, didn't say that. Okay. So I walk over and it doesn't say, I can't remember what it said, but it has nothing about uh, employees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there's a code. It's got, it's got the little yeah. keypad on yeah, the door. Yeah. And uh-huh. I turn to the girl behind the counter. 911. And I go, can I get the code to the door? She tells me. I pop it open. I walk in. No toilet paper. I'm like, oh, my God. So I turn over. And, I and at the- this point, the clock is ticking. The hourglass is running out of sand. I am sweating. It was like I, I was Ted Stryker, the pilot in Airplane. By the, the way, movie. half our listeners didn't get that reference. Yeah, they F- probably funny. didn't. So he's, he's sweating. Yeah. Literally, it's like someone yeah. pouring buckets of water. And uh-huh. I... And I asked the girl, like, do you have any toilet paper? She's like, oh, yeah. She takes out a brand new four pack, peels me out a roll. One ply. No. Wow. This place no. is like, you, was, you, you, amazing. It was Charmin. Angels were singing. It was Charmin. God was smiling upon you that moment. It was like. Nope. It sure wasn't. I know the sound that was <laughs> no, happening and it right, wasn't. No, no. At that moment it was. Well. Uh, the, she hands me the. Du- bass came after that. She, she hands me the two ply. And uh-huh. I'm like, and it was actually Charmin. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. And and I and you were so just I, I the colon blow was so amazing. You took the entire roll and you just used the entire roll to sop it up with one <laughs> fell swoop. I closed the door and I turned towards the toilet, uh-huh. expecting to see this the previous person that no, just spackled nope, the walls. Nope, and it did. It was clean. The All place right. was clean. Uh huh. And I I it it well uh-huh. I contained. The uh, the af- there was no aftermath. Like it was okay, just, this is no- going too far. We were, we we got to a line. I think we're over it yeah. now. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna we'll bring you back. There. So now can we agree on one thing? So so it was successful. God, I'm I happy le- for I, you. I leave the restroom. Uh huh. Leave the restroom. Uh huh. And I open my wallet. I grab a ten uh-huh. and I put it on the counter. I go, "This is for you. You just saved a man's life." You're a cheap ass. You think your life is only worth ten dollars? I would have <laughs> given her a hundy. I mean, you know what's funny? If she would have known, if in that moment you asked for the code, she said, "Benjamin, I would have. You would have done it, it. absolutely." Yeah. So after the fact, you you are are such a a shameful, unappreciative bastard. So you short her ninety dollars. I <laughs> I don't think she knew she was going to get a hundred bucks. Uh-huh. I did feel like when I got in the truck and, and drove away, I go, I should have left her twenty. Yeah, I absolutely. I, or, I felt or bad. five of them. I, I mean, how bad do you I, want to feel? But I felt great. It's the balance of, of the guy that's cleaning your truck and explaining to him what he's going to have to uh, detail <laughs> out. Listen, can we agree on one thing? What's that? Warm toilet seat equals busy day at the truck stop. Yes. Road trip they, advice it, right this there. This was ice cold, so I was stoked. Wow. There was nobody in there. You're it was so lucky. Her. It, it was... Seriously, I you, drove you away. Had, that's why I called you, because I'm like, I just got so... I just won the lottery. You had Zen. You had Poop Zen. Yeah, I did. Uh, dude, that's uh, hashtag Poop Zen. <laughs> that's a new t-shirt. <laughs> hashtag. Hold, hold on, I'm writing that, that down. down. Poop, Poop Zen. Zen. Yeah. Uh, it should be, what should the graphic be? Uh, like a pilot truck stop with like the bathroom door open or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the stall <laughs> open. Yeah. Huh, I'm just telling you, man, I was so... I guarantee you. It could have been so bad. If I had walked... She's like... Our listeners... And I was right. I had all my money out. I had like 60 bucks in my wallet. All of our listeners have traveled cross-country and have had that moment. Yeah. Have you ever had to like tip someone behind the counter to use their employee bathroom? 
or like tell us your poop zen story, please. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag poop zen. I Send it to the uh, the, the five star hotline six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. Great idea. We want to know when you didn't make it, <laughs> <laughs> or or when you barely made it. I I don't I don't do we. No, I don't. No no no. What we let's not guide. We're not going to guide what okay. we're looking for. Just six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. Yes, right. Definitely want to hear your story. All right, it is the Truck Show Podcast. It's episode number 775. That's not true. Episode 16. Okay. Of season two. Of season two. For those new listeners, we had season one. And it's going to be a lot of, a lot no, of episodes. Don't worry about season yeah. one. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, those were good episodes. Don't blow <laughs> no, it off. Like, now I'll go, no, it's not like it's bad. No, I don't remember any of it. The only thing that counts is going forward. Just because Motor Trend owns don't, season one? Don't look into the rear view, man. Just, just move forward. <laughs> move right. forward in life. You know what I was moving forward in today? <laughs> was, uh, Nissan Titan XD. Oh, were you really? Yeah. So I drove that thing to Vegas. So gas XD. Dude, I got 17 miles per gallon in that thing. Dang. It's a beast. It's a big truck for 17 miles a gallon. Well, yeah. I mean, it weighs, what, 6,500 pounds or mm-hmm. 6,700 pounds, something like that. And you drove up to uh, Camarillo. And then I drove to meet you at uh, Willwood. Yep. The company that we're not mentioning. We're Schmillwood trans- Schmengineering. That's right. We're, yes. we're transposing the uh, W's. Mm. This is my wife's idea. I was coming home from Vegas, and the event that I, w- that I was at said, hey, we'll get you another hotel night if you want. And I was like, no, no, I'm just going to drive home. And then my wife says, so you are working all day. They've offered you a hotel room. You've said no. So you're going to drive all the way home from Vegas Get home late just so you can wake up early, drive all the way to Camarillo, and then drive back home. And That's I went, idiotic. That sounds stupid. She right. goes, why don't you just take the hotel room and drive straight to Camarillo from uh, from Vegas? And I went, oh. So that's what I did, and my God, is that a long drive. I feel like where we live in Southern California, Vegas is pretty much a straight shot for the most part. It's it's four hours. I feel like when you live on the west side of LA, Vegas is like four states away. Maybe six. Because you got to go like... Through all of LA, and then you got to go up the mountain, and then all that. It's like, man, this is a that's a lot of work. So, having put all these miles on the Titan, give me a review. It is uh, super quiet. It is super quiet. That truck is such a nice, just road trip, open road, adaptive cruise control. Set it, zero gravity seats. Put on the seat heater, and this is the Platinum Reserve, right? Yep, this is the Platinum Reserve, and just motor. It's got the moonroof, and uh, did you open it's got it all the, the way it's up? Got the panel? No, you no. didn't. No, you're not a moonroof guy, are not you? Not really. I love them. No, I just have everything all. I just like to be all dark and cozy in my car. And... There's sometimes I like that, but yeah. man, when it's, it's right now, the weather's gorgeous out. You open nah, it up, and you can the, see the sun. The sun and hurts just... my skin now. I'm old. It's great. I mean, it's got UV blocking and stuff, but I just don't want to s- sit in the sun like that. So what about that when you have a beautiful starry night and you're going through the desert? Uh, you know what I'd rather do is like when it's like downpouring, then I like opening it up because it's like, ah, I'm looking at the inside <laughs> of a rain cloud. Ah, you can't get me. So then I'm that works. Okay. All right. But dude, it, 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 it's just a smooth truck, drives nice. It's super comfortable. I was super happy with fuel economy for that big old 5.6 liter V8 and a big old truck. Um, but yeah, it was great. And listen- Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on this truck. So uh, Nissan supports the show. Hopefully uh, you guys will support Nissan in return. You guys can head to uh, NissanUSA.com. You can experience the Nissan Titan XD Platinum Reserve like I have. And uh, if you want to go down to your local dealer, they might even show you the uh, Sean Holman special. And what does that include? Uh, Usually questions about who Sean Holman is. (laughs) Yeah. But before you get into that Nissan Titan, if you're stuck with uh, your old 7.3, your 6.0, your 6.2, your 6.5, any of those trucks, and you want some more power, 
reach out to Banks Power or BanksPower.com. Believe it or not, Banks still offers power pack systems for all of those trucks. So if I were to go get myself like a uh, first gen 7.3, do you have a setup for that? I absolutely, well, me, Banks does. Uh, I don't, Banks does. All right, all right, Banks. How about if I got a uh, first generation Super Duty with a 6.8 liter V10? Yep, got that. Got e- uh-huh. headers, got right. intake, right. exhaust. How about a, we even have tuning. What if I have the uh, world's slowest Suburban 2500 with a uh, non-turbo 6.2? Well, you're in luck, my friend. There's a turbo setup for you. Uh, and what is- and intercooling, bro. So what does that add? Like eight horsepower or something so you don't blow it up? It's over 100 horsepower. Wow, that's that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot on that All engine. Right. All right. How about if I have a first-generation 12-valve Ram Cummins 5.9 and it has a VE pump? Intake, exhaust, and twin Ram manifold. Huh. I got you. All right. <laughs> All right. I like it. Find your gear at bankspower.com. And if you've got a vehicle that suffers from poor ride quality, blown shocks, or just a overall lack of precision. You mean in like a, a 6.5 or a 6.0 or <laughs> yeah, anything 20 years old or older, <laughs> right. sometimes anything a year or, or older. So first you call Banks and then you follow it up with a call to Bill Stein because you're going to need some shocks. That's right. Whether you've got a tow rig or a daily driver or a trail rig. Bilstein has you covered. When the road runs out, Bilstein shocks will keep you going. You can get the right height adjustable B8 5100s to the dual tube external bypass B8 8100s. There's a wide range of direct fit options that'll give you uh, more time on the trail and less time in the garage. And it's not just off-road rigs. It's towing rigs and uh, your daily commute can be more enjoyable with Bilstein shocks. They offer comfort, durability, and guess what? They don't compromise on control either. Bilstein's are the originator of the monotube shock. A lot of technology, great warranty. If you want to find out more, head over to BillsteinUS.com. We run Bilstein on our vehicles, and uh, we suggest you do it too. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman that's us all right what is first mr holster uh, holster is not my name, but that's funny-ish. Do you so, want to see what's in my holster, pal? Nope, I don't. Mm-hmm. I like how you looked immediately to my hip to see if <laughs> I was wearing a Because holster. there was a time that you took the piece out and set it up on the bench here, and I was like, that's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we've got a great interview. I went out to Eastern Jeep Safari and had a chance to uh, catch up with my good friend Mark Allen, who's the head of design for Jeep. And uh, it was just uh, him and I, Lightning gives me a whole bunch of crap because every time I interview him, it's outside where there's it's crazy wind. So this time we did it in a hotel room. Oh, that's great. And so this is going to be 10 times better than the audio you got, possibly. By the way, I want to A, give you kudos for getting the interview, but B, celebrate the fact that we have Mark Allen on the show. We have the head of design of Jeep. Of a major car company. And this is not the first time we've had one of these. No. I'm pretty stoked. Like, if you look at our history over the 
Again, 699 episodes. Half a decade? Whatever, right? That sounds like a lot, right? Half a decade? We have been doing this for half a decade. Over half a decade. This is year six. It's true. Uh I just think it's pretty cool, all the people that we've interviewed, the the, the key players in the industry. Well, not only that, we've interviewed a dude who made widgets in his garage, another dude who has a truck show, another guy who is a a mid-level something or whatever. We don't pat ourselves on the back very often, but- Looking back at the last five years, Pretty decent. We've had, uh, but here's what I'm saying: a really good list of. What folk. I'm saying is, we don't just focus on these big fish. We focus on little guys too. Anybody has an interesting story, we try and bring it to you guys. I think that's cool, right? Because we're not just like, I agree. Oh, look, we're only bringing A-list celebrities, and no, we're bringing regular everyday joes. And it turns out, some of these executives are regular everyday joes. It's pretty cool. All right, so, so uh, let's get into a regular everyday Joe. Yeah, named Mark Allen. All right, Lightning, so uh, here I am with, uh, oh, I'm going to say my good friend Mark Allen, and you're going to say, you say everybody's your good friend, and I'm like, no, Mark Allen and I are actually good friends. We've known each other for a very long time, and uh, whether he likes it or not, he's stuck with me, so. <laughs> uh, this is our- Knowing each other does not make you good friends. We talk on a regular basis. How about that? Does that make us good friends? How regular? Uh, every few weeks, if not once a month. Okay. All Phone right. calls, that, text? I, I'll, I'll give you friendship. Well, we've- um, We've gone out to dinner together. We've have been you, on trips together. Have you stayed in the same room together? We've wheeled together. Um, no, but I haven't stayed in the same room with you. That's true. You're I've come close a few times, but <laughs> I was able to avoid it. Annual uh, conversation about the concepts at Easter Safari here in Moab, Utah. And for the first time in the past three years, we're going to do it indoors mm-hmm. and so that you can actually hear the interview, which that was Lightning's request. He said, for the love of God, can you not do it in the wind? <laughs> so appreciate uh, Mark giving us a, a nice quiet spot where we could, uh, we could catch up. So what's this week? I mean, a lot of excitement here. We spent a couple uh, hours on the trail yesterday together mm-hmm. in some of the older concepts. This yep. was the first time in three years I haven't driven pork chop. <laughs> So I love pork chop because it's manual, but I, I got to drive Stitch, which is one of your favorites. Yeah, uh, no, it is my de facto favorite. Yeah, the thing is yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, I do a few different things while we're in town. Now uh, you called it Stitch. Stitch is the name of a concept he did. Okay. So this year they took all these uh, lightweight concepts he's done over the years. So one was lower forty, which was a JK two door on forty inch tires with no lift. One of them was Pork Chop, which he was inspired after driving a uh, JK that I had built through the magazine that weighed like 2,000 pounds more than stock. That was a giant uh, pig. So next year he came out and he basically um, took Pork Chop. It was a two-door JK and I think it has an aluminum body and it has like a bunch of you know weight taken off of and holes drilled and it it basically it weighs so little. It's it's under five thousand pounds. It might be like forty five hundred pounds or something. They took I don't know. I mean, we we might even talk about it. But a stock height lift was like two and a half inches or something. Okay. I mean something ridiculous because there's no weight on it. it. Just raises it up on stock springs uh, with thirty fives. And there's been a number of those. Um, four speed, which is a two point liter turbo uh, four banger that's been tuned up. That also had the lightweight treatment. So every year they bring older concepts, and Jim Morrison has a ride with a few chosen media and uh, Jeep executives, and it's basically an invite-only, a small group of maybe eight vehicles, and we all go out, and every year they bring different stuff that's been there in the past. So when they bring those older concept vehicles back, do they modify them? Are they updated? No, they're exactly how they were when they were built at the Moab that they debuted. Okay. But the thing about the stuff Mark does is everything is done to be used. So there's no... 
like, oh man, it's just a show car. No, all of it works. And we're going on gnarly trails. We're lockers and four low. And it's funny. You're passing mountain bikers and other Jeepers. And they're like, whoa, look at like all these Jeep concepts are like actually out on the trail. Now, which is do, really when they get awesome. dinged up, do they leave the dings or do they bring no, it back they, to Jeep and, nah, they and repaint them? them? Nah. Oh, they do. No, they're, they're exactly, whatever happens to them, that's, that's what happens to them. Huh. The highlight is the uh, the concepts that we build every year. Lots of passion and uh, effort go into those by a, a very small group. And, it, and you know, it's hard to build a car. Uh, and forgive my language because in my business, everything is a car. <laughs> yes. I always get beat up. Like, Jeep, they're Jeeps. Um, so it's, it's hard to build one, a special one-off. Uh, but we're building five it, all at the same time. I still know. On the same timeline. So we've joked about this before where... And if people look at the concepts, there's there's hints and nods to mm-hmm. things. People think, well, why do they do it? They never build those. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not about the concepts. Yeah. It's it's the, the 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 nod to the future, the the nod to the past, a hint at what might be coming. There's things like the 20th anniversary grill that was just unveiled that mm-hmm. showed up on uh, Easter Jeep's concepts last year. Um, and there, there's the Wrangler, and it has <laughs> the Wrangler has a ton of learnings in it mm-hmm. from here. Um, the, the way the wheels are open, the wheel wells are opened up. You could put a 35 on now, or you can... And that was directly from Moab. Yeah. Uh, steel bumpers, the bumpers that uh, you can change the width of, the uh, the ability to put a winch on it right away, on and on and on. Air compressor in the tailgate yeah. that's yeah. on the uh, anniversary edition, yep. right? Yeah. That started as one of your concept vehicles uh, was last year, a couple of years. You've been playing with that for a little while. It helps us defend things, mm-hmm. like uh, the way that the roof opens, say the power... The, power top the half doors putting those in that you know big business like this they would love to get rid of uh, parts and pieces and half doors was, was something that came from that a rock rail that could hold the weight of the vehicle uh, gladiator rear rock rail behind the yes, rear wheel yes. is something that came out of here because yeah. doesn't it hold some like 1.5 times gross vehicle weight rating for the mm-hmm. corner or something like that recovery hooks all yep. that stuff having four you know on and on. Okay, so you'll be. You'll I, be I, probably... I had a, uh, somebody asked me once, direct, very directly, like, "What is that rock rail for?" They didn't understand <laughs> what it was. Oh, and, and me being kind of smart, like, I'm like, "Well, that's for steering." They didn't understand. If you pivot, it's, yeah, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll be proud of me because I used a tow hook today to pull a Sprinter van out of deep sand <laughs> with my 392. Oh, and it was it, overlanding. Uh, you got into a place you shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, and I just threw it in low range. Yeah. I couldn't believe how effortless it, it like didn't even care there was it was a high roof long wheelbase sprinter yeah. in deep sand in a wash wow and he wasn't even helping me in reverse I just drug him like a hundred feet back to safety and everybody's yeah, like it'd be wow. a ten thousand pound vehicle it's, right? it's something like that yeah, yeah. when it wasn't yeah. empty right yeah. so it, that the toe goes the, the the toe points being you know sturdy enough and you'll appreciate it. I have joined the legion of 392 owners uh, mm-hmm. who actually take their 392s off-road and bash the tailpipes today. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Nice post. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait till you find out how much those tips are. <laughs> so I've had a couple people comment on my post telling me that. Yeah. And I'm like, I have I have yeah. friends places. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I can figure out. Fun fact. that, that uh, Now, why did he not, because you guys are so tight, why did he not offer just to send you a new set? Because he's not Mopar. He's not the parts department guy. He's got he juice. Makes, he makes the cars pretty. Dude, if anyone has juice. Because he thought it was funny. It's Mark. Just like if you asked me to fix something that you broke on your truck and then I laughed at you and then walked away. <laughs> and then but maybe buy it anyway. Maybe. Mm. Muffler is from an Alfa Romeo. 
Is it really? <laughs> yes, it is. Is that why it's so square? Uh, I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah. It's got to be one of yeah. the best sound effects. Because off. it has the valves in it yeah. and stuff. But yeah. Did he just say what I think he said? Yeah. The muffler he just, it's on from a, an Alfa Romeo? Yeah, the muffler, muffler on a 392 is from an Alfa Romeo. Huh. Part's been uh, at, at its best. That, I find, never, something, find something in the co- corporate uh, world that fits and put it in there. But a V8 Alfa Romeo? Or like, I wonder what the application was. Any know. idea? I don't know. Huh. I've never heard an Alfa Romeo sound like your 392. No. It was a fast grab. You know, we built that vehicle uh, in a really short amount of time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And thank goodness we did. Um, and uh, I know you can't comment on it, but I'm going to tell everybody, uh, if you haven't bought one yet, it's going to be very too late very soon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just bought mine. Yeah. That I'm keeping. Yeah. And uh, the 24s came out with the big screen and all that announced in New York. What, and, Lightning? And, Can we and, let the man talk? Hold on a second, but you're saying all these tidbits that are interesting. You just okay. said that they're not going to have the 392 for very long. Is, is that a known thing? Yes, this is the last year. Buy one now. It's probably sold out. It's probably too late. Buy. Done. Uh, ciao. This is because they couldn't meet emissions anymore? Uh, this is because they're not making that engine anymore. Wow. Yeah, good point. I mean, this is the last vehicle. Once the, This is last, last edition on Chargers and Challengers. And When is the TRX out? Is it is it 24? Uh, I would say that's probably a good guess. Not the truck, just the engine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really cool updates for those coming. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you didn't order 392, this, we've been telling you guys on the podcast, get your TRX, get your 392, get your Hellcast, your Challengers, Chargers. Mm-hmm. That's it. Window is closing. Yeah. Last call, literally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're there. Yeah, All right. Turning the lights on at the bar. <laughs> yeah, right? So, yeah, Semisonic's closing time is playing in the background yes, of, the, yes. uh, of these speakers. So I, I belong to a, uh, a social club with Chez uh, Guns and Cigars, and I figured out – I probably shouldn't tell the story, but I'm do it anyway. Mm. I figured out that I can access their Sonos. Oh, really? And so when I'm there with maybe a regular group mm-hmm. and just a couple people are working at the end of the day – I might have played semi-sonic hack, one too many times. Hack into it, yeah. yeah and yeah. so the bar manager, he, he gets very upset, and then uh, he'll just like if it's you know if it closes at you know midnight, like twelve oh one, we're playing closing time, and he's out you know cleaning up, and he oh damn it, Sean, Sean. or he'll just turn it off and go, you guys can't have any more music now. So obviously Moab huge for the G brand. Um, this is my I think eighteenth year coming out. I've spent time with executives in the past, the engineering team who brings people out, especially new engineers who haven't really been off-roading before to introduce them to Jeep. You bring designers out for the same thing. We go on concept trail drives. You have the cons- the, the concepts, which I'm amazed. You Let me talk about the designers for a minute. Yeah. Um, I have- in bubbles? <laughs> in bubbles, yes. So uh, what we do, uh, if you don't know, is I bring people out that are uh, somehow their finger touches uh, d- development of a Jeep in my studio if they're designers. Um, none of them have any off-road experience uh, and haven't ever been to, to Moab. They're usually car guys, yep. and that's fine. Uh, but I convinced my boss to let me bring them out and uh, show them the community, show them the passion, and teach them how to drive off-road, which is awesome because they don't have any bad habits yet. Yeah. In fact, I do a little hand-raised session up front, like, who's ever been off-road? <laughs> and the guy that raises his hand, I said, I'm going to have trouble with you because yeah. you've got some bad habits. <laughs> and uh, 
This this group I have this year, I've got five guys that have never ever ever been off road really? before. Wow! Uh, and to come out to Moab for their first off road experience, I think it's pretty cool. We have a selection of vehicles for them to drive, and there's a funny story coming up here. But I am after them all the time. To I don't care. I tell them I said you know all the vehicles have thirty fives on yeah. their Rubicons or you know they're great. Like y- you don't need all this stuff, and. Um, that car is better than you right yeah. now. It has the capability, and they're amazed at what they do, but I'm always after them to drive as clean as possible, finesse mm-hmm. on the throttle, finesse on the brake steering. You know. Well, it's easy to have, you know, we were talking about on the trailer. They think they got to pull up to something and mat it. Right. Because have, that's what they... Well, they watch people who have yeah. 40s, and yeah. we talked about this yesterday when we were wheeling on the trail together. Those big tires have ruined a lot of the trails here. Mm-hmm. They've dug out big holes, and even on 37s, it's really tough in places because of the big tires. And, you know, like me, you appreciate finesse. I like to pick my way through a line, and I like technical driving. And it's so much harder when there's a giant hole augered out by a, a 40. So you're getting to it there, but I, I want to talk to all of the folks that are listening who haven't been off-road, because a lot of our audience hasn't. What do those 37s, 38s, 40s do to that trail that prevents a 32, 33, 34, 35. They just dig out big holes. And so in front of like a waterfall obstacle where you used to be able to get a tire on and crawl up and over it, now you can't even get your bumper or your wheels up to it without hitting your bumper because the hole is so dug out. Or on some of the bigger tires, if there's if there's a shelf, they'll dig out under the shelf. So now there's the what used to be a ramp to get up is now an overhang. So now you have to get your tire Well. A 40 has dug out a perfectly 40-inch tall overhang. So guess what? When your 37 comes up to it, it can't get on top of the lip. Gotcha. Because it's stuck under the lip. So now you have to crawl over the lip to get onto the ramp. So all of these big shelf roads, things like Top of the World or Cane Creek or um, Poison Spider Mesa or you know anything that, that has shelf elements to it, even things that were hard before are harder like... Uh, high dive on Pritchett or behind the rocks or well, like how, how do you get up and over it now? Because if you're, you have a 30, a 33 and there was a 35, you take, a dug by, it. you take the bypass. Oh, is that, you just I'm, literally can't get up. If there's a bypass, I mean, there's places you can't get up. I mean, the, the thing is you'll see something on forties. will get up to it and, and they'll kind of go over. You may have to get to it at an angle. So this is where Jeeps are way better than just about anything else. A Bronco isn't going to be able to have the same approach angle as a Jeep with IFS. The reason a Jeep is so good at crawling is that front axle is moved in front of the oil pan. So the front axle literally lives under like the front accessory drive of the engine. It's so far forward that above the front axle is, you know, the front of the frame and like the cooling stack in the front of the engine. Whereas on an IFS, all that stuff is set far back. You don't have all that wheel clearance. That's why wheel... You just just can't get the articulation. No, not the articulation, the approach angle. So with a Jeep... It's all opened up. I can turn left all the way or right all the way on the Jeep and expose my entire tire. So if I come up to an obstacle, I may not be able to square up with it, but if I come at it at a 45-degree angle and then cut hard driver's side, I can get that front tire ah. to get up and over, and with the locker, pop the whole thing up and then straighten out as I climb up, and with front and rear lockers, then I can go. But again, it's picking your line, and it's a lot more challenging than it used to be because you're constantly going in through these giant dugout holes and things that didn't used to be there. And I mean... It's like you look at my Jeep, it looks pretty big in the city. You're like, oh, wow, that thing's got 37s on it. You get out to Moab, I'm like on a small tire Jeep. Are there like, 50s out there? 30, no. Although there were 54s on a couple rigs. But the reality is most people now, 
33 used to be the standard, then 35 was the standard, and 37. I'd say most Jeeps now are probably on 35s or 37s, and then a lot of the built stuff is 38s, 40s, and 42s. So the tire size has definitely evolved. Let me ask you, the the old school guys that have been going out to Moab and these spots all around the country for decades, Mm -hmm. are any of them... So old school that they're sticking with the 33s. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, and as a consequence, they're pissed off because they can't get over these waterfalls. And or, such. or they're like me and they actually like to drive and not just drive over stuff. So it's all about picking lines, doing slow technical driving. A lot of guys today, in my opinion, the funds have been taken out of off-roading because the 40s and 42s are so giant, You just it's point and shoot. You just go, oh, I'm going to go that way. And then you just crawl over everything and get to the top. Well, what's the fun in that? Part of the fun of rock crawling and... Uh, picking a line through the trail is reading the terrain and getting your small tired vehicle up and over stuff like that two or something like that but uh also i like the struggle yeah you know it, it's a, it's fine so we uh quick sidebar we're up on hell's revenge and and kind of a third of the way in there's mm-hmm. a few steps you got to get over and you can can kind of pick the mm-hmm. harder ones and i was impressed this group of guys got it they're really going through and and uh we picked the hardest line and uh, got them all through, and then they were all kind of puffing their chest up and showing. And all the flat fender guys came through <laughs> and just <laughs> just neatly crawled the same hard thing they did with thirty fives yeah. and lockers and all that stuff. Like we do with NDTs and, and, they, and well, yeah, they figure out like what's going on <laughs> yeah. here. And you know, to be to be uh, to be fair, Moab is pretty unique. You're driving on eighty grit sand vapor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can stand on the side of a rock really really easy. But um, n- no matter, uh, they have a. Uh, I always get them to, to my goals to get them to say woohoo, and and they always do. Um, I I've converted a few people, but uh, that's a fun thing to do, especially they they it changes them. They come back and they understand better yeah. uh, why we're doing what we're doing and, and how we configure it. And why the shape is the way the shape is and what has yeah. to work off-road and what pieces interface. That Sight lines are important. Yeah. Uh, the way that I, I would make them take the car apart, you know, the doors or the roof mm-hmm. and all that stuff and make them put it back together. Mm-hmm. I make them clean the cars oh, <laughs> afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but that has nothing to do with design and everything to do with free labor. Yeah, no, no, but it, it does. It gets up to understand. Yeah. I've I've brought vehicles in the studio before and had guys just like take the, take the roof down and off. You know, the jail the roof is now really pretty simple to yeah. do. Um, if you've ever had a, a YJ, it was like assembling a tent. <laughs> it was awful. A really poorly. It, we've always we've, tent. we've gone forward with yeah. with soft tops, and they're still they're still good. Do they understand that little rock pebbles get between my fenders and the body and stick there forever? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm probably the guy to, to blame for that. Was that your? Thank you for the tall fenders, but no, thank you for leaving my rock. Uh, no, catchers. I got to pick them out of mine as well. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what yeah, else can we blame you for? Uh, pretty much everything that has that says Jeep on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got thick skin. Not worried about it. So you know the the way the fenders are on the Jeep. What ends up happening is the uh, where the fenders and the uh, the fenders meet, the metal fender and the plastic one, like the overhang on the wheels. Right. Um, there's a little V notch there, and all the pebbles stick in there. And so it's like Mark designed it where they have what used to be called a high clearance fender is now standard on a Rubicon to allow more tires. But that little V notch is there, and so after every off road trip, you have to go and take like a little pick and pull out. Every little so like, I wonder if pebble they, they can there. do anything about that, like put a gasket in there. People or? take. Um, just rubber gaskets off of Amazon and shove it down in there. But that's why I was giving Mark a hard time about that because every Jeep owner 
from uh, the the JL knows what that's like because you're like, oh man, my God, all these rocks shoved between my. They've got to figure out a way to, but include a gasket in those things. Mm, you would think they will. It's Mark's fault. I'm. I was visiting Detroit and uh, we went out to lunch. So I came to your office and you had sh- showed me a, a Jeep that was coming out mm-hmm. that I wasn't mm-hmm. maybe lukewarm. Mm-hmm. And we were in your office. And you said, I want to show you something, and I want your honest feedback. Mm-hmm. And my comment was, can I tell you later? Because <laughs> I, I need to absorb it. Yeah. Like I, I always love car design, and I've learned a lot from you over the years. And the thing that I, I just, you know, the designs that look really fresh right away mm-hmm. have tend to be the ones that don't age well. Mm-hmm. And the ones that you have to sit and kind of ponder for a little bit and walk around and you pick up little things or there's nuance to it mm-hmm. or you have to see a lot of designs outside before they really come alive in the sunlight um, those are the ones that I appreciate because they seem like they they, they pass the uh... isn't that weird when you're describing the way that the cars that don't jump right out at you at first those stand the test of time it's like you were describing a song like I never liked Pearl Jam I, I think a lot of you guys love Pearl Jam out there, but I couldn't stand Pearl Jam because to me it was just, it took 20 listens, right? But for the same reason that, that like Daughter, yeah, right? Or even Flow took 20 listens, they, the, all those songs have stood the test of time. I can think of a bunch of vehicles that I didn't like when I first saw them. And then over time, I'm like, man, that still looks good. You know, or I wasn't a huge fan of, and... uh yeah, I mean it's it's hard when you work for a brand that literally the test of time is is sort of like if you go buy a Camaro today, that's a retro vehicle because there was broken lineage there. You go and buy a Volkswagen Beetle, that is you know a new Beetle. That is a retro vehicle because there's broken lineage there. Um, and by broken lineage, you mean they stopped they for stopped a producing. Long, yeah, right. You look at an F one fifty or you look at a you know uh, a Silverado. That's a direct descendant of the original. You look at a Jeep, that's a direct descendant of an original. The Bronco? No, the Bronco is a retro vehicle. And so there's a certain difference when you're trying to recapture a feel in the modern age versus an evolution, so, an right? evolution of something that was never broken. And you can see a Jeep today and you know immediately it's a Jeep. There's nothing else on the road that looks like it. It is what it is. And and to, to give the, to, in my opinion... Like guys like Mark, he's got one of the hardest jobs in the world because how do you keep a Jeep looking fresh but also keep it timeless to where it still looks like a Jeep in 20 years and it doesn't look like, oh, those are the ones that you don't want. That's a really hard job. It's very uh, BMW-esque. If you looked at all the three series, you they have that evolution. Well, until right? the recent ones. God, those are ugly. Uh, they still look like a three series. Uh, some of the new BMWs are horrible. Yeah, they look more and they Japanese. get rid of the, they got yeah. rid of the dog legs in the back, you know, in the C pillar, which is like classic BMW forever. I'm like, once you get rid of the dog the dog leg on the C pillar and you make the grill just a gaudy, like horrible looking, it's like you've jumped the shark. I hope that Jeep never jumps the shark the way BMW has. You'd like to think that. You get full freedom. You could just sit down, draw whatever you want, and make yeah. it, and and go to lunch. Um, but you're given a lot of uh, obstacles in the way. There's a lot of politics, um, timelines, etc. There's a lot of opportunities to get it wrong. Sometimes we do. It's fine. But uh, okay. Yeah. So before we get to the concepts, mm-hmm. one burning question that I've had probably the most comments out of in the last couple of weeks since it was announced that I. 
would love to have you on the record and just say, what was the decision? And we may have talked about this a little bit last mm-hmm. year, but the decision or the process on redesigning the Wrangler JL grill, which shows up on the 20th anniversary Rubicon and is the grill for the 24s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's controversial, mm-hmm. but it, it seems to have inspired a lot of conversation. People mm-hmm. people love it or they hate it, mm-hmm. or some people say they see Renegade. I don't necessarily see Renegade. Some people like that it's a little squattier. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. kind of curious as a designer, how do you take that classic Jeep grill, which in my way was almost perfect, but this is nothing like the Silverado grill. Like this is the Silverado grill got hate, right? I don't feel that hate in the JL grill, right? Am I wrong? Um, is there hate? There's some hate. Really? I, but I would say it's like 10% hate and probably another 30% of 30% of dislike and then a mix of indifference before you get to probably, you know, 20% indifference and 50% like it. I, I happen but to like it, it. The Silverado, though, was one of the most polarizing grills of the last five, ten years. Especially on the right? heavy duty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Affected with JL. You brought the kink back into it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that flat face that the JK had. Mm-hmm. And then now you've kind of done this. And I think the original one for the concept last year, that kind of teased it, was 3D printed. Mm-hmm. What got you to where it is today? It was a difficult thing for me as well, mm-hmm. if, if, if that helps. Um, because I'm very much a traditionalist when it comes to that vehicle in particular. And uh, I remember when the, the square headlights came in, <laughs> uh-huh. a very simple, small change that caused lots of uproar. Um, By the way, those are now worth tremendous amounts of money. <clears throat> yeah, which is, which is weird. And you heard me say that's the most important mm-hmm. model ever because it saved the franchise. Yep. And I get the passion and I uh, uh, there's, you know, 70... 75 years of, of tradition there. That was a uh, directive from somebody who <laughs> really had to have that happen. Um, I Just give me some time with it. I think uh, live with it for a little bit. Uh, I think you'll be okay. I think, I think it looks fresh. I like it. I liked it on the concept. It's yep. a year later since I saw it on the concept. And I, I'm to a place where I, if I, I have been around them for a while, yeah, and and um, it it looks fun, for me. yeah. But I get it, you know. There's there's some tradition there, and that's fine. I mean, we we've used that for a logo, yeah, right, which yeah. is huge. Um, it's still seven slots. We had uh, some cooling issues that we had to deal with, and there was a desire to that was it was desire to get it to be noticeable as a uh, an update, yeah. So. When you're, when you're given uh, just a small area to, to work with, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. That's really interesting. The fact that he was tasked with making a noticeable update so it looked like a refresh. Meaning not like, a let's give it a refresh and we'll do a little bit on the dashboard, a little bit maybe on one of the wheel arches or whatever. It's like, no. In order to make this a noticeable refresh, you got to mess with the most iconic part of the Jeep, which is the nose. Uh, and to Mark's point, not only is it the nose, but it's also the logo for the brand. Right. I mean, that's a pretty, like, how do you mess with something that li- literally is the logo for the brand? They did. Hmm. Okay, five concepts this year. <laughs> At least it doesn't have angry eyes. No, jeez. <laughs> if you would have done that, we couldn't be friends anymore. Where, what is your official stand with uh, angry uh, bird girls? Um... 
generally not a fan, but also I realize that it's a highly customizable vehicle. People want to put their own spin on it. That's fine. It's okay if they have bad taste. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Fair enough. All right, so five concepts here in Moab. Do we want to start with the vintage one or the brightly colored one? Let's start with the pink one. All right. So pink, by the way, we've... Is, is it Tuscadero? No. It's a different yeah, color paint. No, there's a nice story behind it. Okay. So, um, and, it's, and it's just color, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's tough to even call that a concept of any sort. It's a show vehicle. But um, the power of color and Wrangler, yep. they go hand in hand. We treat Wrangler really differently than, than any other thing. Anything. Um, and I have kind of... There's four buckets of colors for regular. There's the standard red, white, black, silver. Yep. Got it. Dark gray. Yep. Uh, then there's sort of the, I would ca- I would call them the more industrial colors or earth tones. I think uh, you used to call that the uh, vinyl siding collection. I do call them the vinyl <laughs> siding collection. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about tans, grays. Stingray, um, Gobi, um, Gator, Sarge. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, the very, very military-inspired yeah. colors. But they're more um, muted and drab even. Mm. We have the cartoon colors, mm-hmm. which are the bright oranges, bright yellow, hydro blue, yellow. high velocity, pumpkin. Not, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify hydro blue, okay, because it's a metallic. Oh. So we we went back and started doing what's called a straight shade uh, color. Uh, Dozer is a good yep. good example, uh, which we renamed to Nacho at some point. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was uh, it's a bright color, no metallic, just a solid. Then there's these sort of uh, I call them jewel tone mm-hmm. colors. And they're, they're aimed at a very specific um, group of people who love Wranglers. And they are um, Mojito, which is a metallic yeah. green. Uh, the Bikini, which was hugely successful. That's the tealish color. Yeah, right? yeah. and um, because that was a zone no one was in. Right. Like in the 80s, you could the get last color. You know what that color reminds me of? Is like a 1994 Ford Ranger in Calypso yeah. green. Escort. That was Escort, yeah, that was yeah, the last yeah, time I saw that yeah, color when yeah. I saw that it's shade a, It's reappear. a zone that's been abandoned. Yeah. Uh, and it looks good on Wrangler. Bikini was huge for us, honestly. Yeah. Another good example, and I, I, love, I love this one. Uh, we have a color we use on several different cars. Um, it's a dark red, uh, super metallic. On Sienna Grand Cherokee, it's called Velvet Red. My wife's 4 by E is the yeah. same color. Same color, we exact same okay. color as on a Wrangler, and we call it Snazberry. Mm-hmm. And Jim, I... <laughs> I remember when we we introed the color, and it was Jim Morrison, and he's he looks at his cue card, he's reading it, and he looks over at me, he goes, "Really?" <laughs> I'm like, "Go ahead." So, yeah, so, so it's Snazberry. So Snazberry was a takeoff on Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, right? I don't know. Okay, well, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I think you're confusing it with a Snazberry. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, I do remember that it was just a, a takeoff yeah. on Raspberry. Anyway, yeah. so then, uh, which brings us to. I was I kept trying to talk the brand into doing pink. Mm-hmm. They were afraid I was going to burn the whole right. thing to the ground and the be Barbie G pink or whatever. Torch. Yeah, and they finally got the guts up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, that mm-hmm. is really what happened. And we in twenty twenty one we did um, Tuscadero, which, which was a pink. Our friend Nina Barlow got a Tuscadero four by E and put bronze wheels on it with the four by E blue accents. And it actually looked really good. It's, and it sounds nutty, but Wrangler can pull it off. It can. And so yeah. Tuscadero is nice because it was kind of a purpley blue hue to it. It wasn't like a bright Pepto-Bismol or pink Panther no. pink no. and Tuscadero, um, 
there's a certain uh, uh, teenage doll that we won't name. Right. But, you know, she, she has a Jeep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the hard numbers on that were, uh, t- for Tuscadero, we predicted about 3,000 units uh, for sales and set up for that. And it, it turned out it took off on us. Yeah. Uh, it went, it went kind of wild, and we never really got to fulfill all the orders for it. Um, and there's a subculture of people that have pink Jeep like clubs now. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of guys who well, all love the, the color, gray, uh, stain gray. Mm-hmm. You know, cl- clubs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. How many did they actually produce? He didn't say. He didn't say. I'm sure he's not going to give you the sales numbers. But well, I, if you had to guess, did they do five thousand, ten thousand? No, at least three thousand. I mean, it sounds like they bought enough paint right from their supplier. Figure maybe five thousand or something like that would probably be a safe bet. Gotcha. Between three and five, maybe. So the, I mean, they fulfilled all the three thousand they had planned on, and, and then, then was, some, and then some, and then right. they didn't finish all the rest of the orders that were out there for it. Gotcha. You know, that's that's kind of a weird thing. You know, sometimes Jeep just does a special edition color, and people trade their Jeeps in because they want that color. It's amazing. How, it's really crazy. What is the aftermarket like on on those specialty colors? The lime oh, the, greens, the pinks, I, the whatever. I, identical, identical to the rest of the Jeeps. There's not a there's nobody. Like, they're not like baseball cards where people no, are trading them. No, no, no. They're not precious or anything like that. Oh. I mean, there's people. Mojito was a really bright lime metallic green, almost like a metallic Kawasaki green in a way. Um, and Mojito, I mean, never came on the 392. And there's people stripping their entire Jeeps down to paint it in Mojito, like their 392s, because they wanted that color. It's kind of kind of crazy. I just thought they would be more collector-ish. I mean, people. The difference with the Jeep brand is most people use their stuff. Well, I get it. That doesn't mean they make they, they should be any less collectible. But that doesn't mean they should be any less used either. Does one preclude the other? Uh, I mean, if you're collectible, you probably don't want scratches and dents and rust all over yeah. it from dragging over rocks. I guess. My point. It, there were no mechanical changes to the car. There was no feature changes to the car. It was just a color option. Mm-hmm. And it spurred sales. Yeah. Now, um, that's not going to happen on a uh, an Accord or a uh, <laughs> uh, even a pickup truck, uh, maybe a little bit. But Wrangler, it's a big deal. Now, it falls off really quickly. It translates a little bit to, let's say, a Renegade or something, mm-hmm. certainly not a Grand Cherokee or anything. Wrangler is so special, and that's, that's the whole point of this conversation. Anyway, uh, we were setting up to, to make the, the vehicles for this year, and I left an open category, and uh, it was Christian Mounier, who runs the brand. He says... I want another pink Jeep. And uh, he was talking about something more Pepto. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm not doing yeah. that, but I will deliver a, a pink. And we, we found this color. It's super cool. It's, it's more, honestly, it's more magenta. Uh, indoors, it's actually purple. And then outdoors, it rolls into this beautiful pink. I've not heard a single bad thing. It's not for everybody. Yeah. I get it. But it is just undeni- undeniably a beautiful color. I wouldn't buy it for myself. If my wife wanted a car in that color, I'd be fine with it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm married to the, the girl that has to have her Jeep the brightest. <laughs> um, so then uh, let's get to some of the, the, um, the more interesting capability bits on the car. We put on 37s. Uh, we called... Uh, David AV, we've got some bits from them, bumpers, wheels, uh, tire carrier. Never heard of them. High quality <laughs> stuff, I believe. Yeah. Oh, wait, yes. Um, I, uh, and it's model. also, the body style is my my all-time favorite, half doors and a power yeah. top. Yeah. Um, you can open up or close the car down really, really fast. Probably the most 
interesting technical piece on it. It is equipped with the, it's a new product. Uh, it's the AccuAir air suspension. Oh, yeah. So four-corner air suspension. Um, I didn't even know it existed, and I saw a video. It was, was Eddie uh, from Waylife. So I saw running. him testing the AccuAir Jeep when I was pre-running the Mojave Road like three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And we were yeah. at the Afton Canyon Crossing. I'm like, hey, I know you. And yeah. he and I talked on the side. He and his wife, Cindy, were there. And I asked him, I quizzed him on the AccuAir Jeep because I'm not a big fan necessarily mm-hmm. of air suspension when you have articulating axles or when... We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah compression, yeah. obviously the spring yeah. rate changes and yep. air, all that stuff. Yeah, they, they're, they're sort of backwards from what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I find out, you know, I'm watching Eddie and then uh, appears on camera Mark Turner, who mm-hmm. retired out of the business a few right. years ago. Yep. He and I are, are really close friends. And I'm like... I call him up, I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> so uh, he hooked me up with two kits for these things, and uh, we're trying them out. Um, I'm actually pretty impressed. It was a really comprehensive kit. Mm-hmm. but uh, Eddie it, had a lot of good things to say about it. He put yeah. like three or 4,000 miles on. Yeah. There was zero issues, no bags blown or anything yeah. like that. Like really- it's, it's a tricky thing, too, because that bag, it operates kind of like a uh, like a turtleneck. Yeah, right. right. So <laughs> it's got to fold up into itself, into... Say if you're doing a square body Chevy or yep. something like that, uh, it makes sense. It's a shorter spring on the Jeep. It's, it's a tall the, spring. The, the demand is high on yeah. it. And it's an open uh, um, cavity uh, airbag. So airbags, um, when, when it's up, it's, high, it's a high rate. When it's, when it's down, it's a low rate. It's, it's a variable rate spring. And... Um, to get the, the damping on a variable, you kind of need variable rate damping. Yeah. Um, I'm offering some feedback on that, but uh, I, what I've seen so far, it works really, really good. Um, it gets impressively low to get grandma into the car, mm-hmm. which actually, actually I have to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where I wheel uh, in Canada, I'm either ducking behind under a branch or a tree that I'm too lazy to get out with <laughs> yeah, or I'm wading through a river in the springtime that's super high um, those are really good situations to have that it's fast uh, we have ours running on a single pump but with two pumps I understand it's even faster and then you get onboard air too which is really cool we're going to have to get the AccuWare oh, say it again we're going to have to get the AccuWare guys on again Oh yeah, I definitely want to talk about this in more detail because I'm I'm curious about it. I really want to get some seat time in it because uh, it's one of those vehicles that defies all the things you think it should be, and yet it still works. I'm familiar with how the bags work, but I but on the Jeep, and in order to get the articulation that a straight axle would have, like how are they pulling that off? I don't know. It just uh, they 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 how do they do what a coil spring can do? I, Magic. I, just, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Guys, the, the techs that put them on the cars said uh, they were super easy to put on. They're complex. There's yeah. a lot to it. Yeah. You'd have to do a lot of plumbing. But uh, we're, See, alive, we're going to try it out. It's an interesting area to explore, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cherokee, mm-hmm. so that you usually have a vintage vehicle. Not usually, but uh, the uh, you're referencing the 78 Cherokee mm-hmm. that we have, um, a resto mod. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fun, interesting story. It is a 1978 uh, Cherokee that we bought off of uh, Craigslist. I think we paid 2500 bucks for it. <laughs> it didn't have a powertrain in it, which didn't matter. It had some rusty bits done on the floor, which we were going to cut out anyway. It had hosted a fat girl dance party on its roof at some point. <laughs> it, it had a smelly interior, and it had the world's most 
perfect dent-free razor grill ever. No way. Oh my god. Yeah, we were. So you didn't we have to do anything with the grill. The, the grill. That's was my favorite pristine. grill. Pristine. Oh. It's the right one. Yeah. Oh. The twenty-two slot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's the deal. I get funded through the brand to to build these things. I do get a lot of free reign on these. Mm-hmm. Um, we we uh, <laughs> the fight is always you know they're giving me quite a bit of money to to build these. And uh, like, you know, we're not really in on the rest of. We don't sell those old jeeps anymore. Yeah. I'm like, trust me on this. Yeah. And they're they're usually the biggest star. Yeah, of course. Um, to update it, we uh, fit it onto a, a Rubicon four by e chassis, and the getting the wheels in the right location was it moved the body around quite a yeah. bit. What you see on that vehicle, the doors. The steel doors are are pretty much unaffected. Every other piece of that car has been affected. Yeah. Um, What's the wheelbase difference? So a JL would be once eighteen. One eighteen. One eighteen. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what. It one, was about an eight inch difference. Yeah, because um, so we pushed the front wheel forward, the rear wheel back. The real exciting factor was because that car is complex. The with the two liter and the four by eight. Yeah. It was we had to keep the we made the decision to keep the instrument panel intact. And placing that correctly in the vehicle low enough, because mm-hmm. uh, actually JL's kind of high, and fore aft in the right position, uh, being able to get in and out of the car. The B pillar ended up in the same location. Uh, the A pillar was actually forward oh, uh, wow. on the, uh, the SJ. And you actually get better foot swing. The point is getting in and out of the car, uh, having done a few of these things, is super natural. Mm-hmm. If you, you feel pretty good, the um, body mods and we, uh, we everything forward of the, the the front door is carbon fiber. We actually uh, put a little bit more shark nose in the grill, lengthen the hood a little bit. Um, all those pieces are, are custom awesome. made. The flares, uh, the roof is notable. The roof is um, because we had to scrap the, yeah. the steel roof and the way that's constructed, we could, we could peel it off of there. Uh, the roof we sectioned. It's about three inches um, flatter. Oh, really? Yeah, but we kept all the French cool. red yeah, lines yeah. and stuff in it. The tailgate was destroyed, and we cut the bottom of the tailgate off and, and made a meal out of that. Put the right slot, slotted mags on, but 17-inch mm-hmm. to fit over the brakes. Uh, it's got 37s on it. Uh, it just it fell together really well. Some of the details, my favorite detail is the Gremlin gas cap. So the, <laughs> in 1978, uh, Jeep was owned by AMC. I'm kind of an AMC fan. And it's not a popular thing no, to be. But that arrow is special. Yeah. And uh, the, these are constructed. The designer that I was working with on this on this vehicle, uh, about 400 drunken texts. And somehow <laughs> we ended up with this Gremlin gas cap. eBay is your friend. <laughs> eBay. Gremlin gas cap. Pristine. <laughs> 400 bucks. Oh my God. 400. <laughs> wow. So now a whole gremlin is probably 200. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it, it highlights a, a, a period of time when these things were jewels. Yeah. And um, it's a really yeah, interesting Nothing was piece. throwaway. I mean, you're talking 45 years old. Yeah. To have anything pristine mean that there was some level of manufacturing love that was put into it and material. Well, then we went down the rabbit hole of gremlin gas caps. And, <laughs> and there's actually a, a super rare version of it that was had a locking feature. Mm-hmm. And the little gremlin character 
uh, swung out of the way, <laughs> and they're all broken yeah. and gone, and and they're probably even more than four hundred bucks. Yeah. But whatever, <laughs> I love to to find that stuff and uh, tell the story and reappreciate it. Yeah, we 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 were talking today. We should have put a decal there that said, you know, do not fill after midnight. <laughs> well, it's um, not too late. Yeah, the interior is super cool. It's got. Uh, it's got some, you know, the whole car is dipped in the 70s. It's this butter yellow with, <laughs> with yellow or red and orange stripes and stuff. So it's it just one of those things that we've been wanting to do for a while. You have to kind of talk the brand into it. It's heritage. I get it. But uh, making it for, by, by the way, that vehicle is probably one of the best sorted tuned vehicles that we've done. And it's one thing to make a vehicle a custom yeah. vehicle like that it's a completely different thing to get it tuned correctly yeah. and that often takes more time than well it always takes more time than we have <laughs> but it uh takes as much time to, to tune it correctly. is that one going to end up on the west coast at some point yeah i'm sure scott brand will end up in his, in I'll, I'll let him know yeah i'll be i'll be waiting um, for, for a uh, driveway the, visit the drivetrain's completely unaffected yeah. And uh, it does drive really, really well. Uh, Payway was driving today. I think he was about mm-hmm. to ready to steal it. So yeah, he might be gone now. It's it's nicer than anything yeah. he owns. But. Well, and Payway <laughs> doesn't have to do with the electronic stuff anyway. Oh no, so no, 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 But yeah. So uh, Grand Wagoneer. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the Wagoneer. R.I.P. Father, mm-hmm. Son, Holy Spirit. Whole thing. Four wheeler ending. But our last SUV of the year was the Wagoneer. And it's actually really, really capable. Mm-hmm. There's an off-road package. You can get that skid plates and 18s and mm-hmm. tow hooks and all that. Mm-hmm. And we were blown away. Just if, if it would fit, it could go there. Mm-hmm. And we took it all over and, and were incredibly impressed with, with it. Look, you're never going to buy a Grand Wagoneer like that and uh, fix it up for a Moab. It's just, it's the wrong thing. Right. But it does have great off-road chops. Um, it's built. It's a Jeep, you know, yep. and it has diff locks in it. It has low range, real low range. It has um, adjustable air mm-hmm. suspension, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, then you went and elevated it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, solidly in the overland can- yes. category, uh, we chose one. It's a Grand Wagoneer. It has the new 3-liter uh, inline 6 twin turbo, 510 horse. Yep. For capability, we reconfigured the front fascia uh, to have a bit more, bit better approach angle. She's got kind of a nose on her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, it's yeah, a body put those on, intercooler somewhere. Yeah. It's a body-on-frame vehicle, mm-hmm. and we we managed to neatly integrate a winch in there, and it's it's tied into the frame rails. Uh, has some crazy LED. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Laser power. Oh yeah. Lights on the front. Yeah. I haven't tried them out at night yet, but. Uh, they better perform because they're not inexpensive. Wagoneer with lasers. Yes. Well, there, there may be a decal on it there. Yeah. Yeah, good luck finding that one. I've been looking for the fat bearded man on the JL for, uh, since two, was it 20? Uh, Keep looking. He'll 18? show up one day. Yeah, He'll okay. show up one day. <laughs> so, of course, you know the joke on that is if you look at a, a JL on the cow, there's a, a little Easter egg with the uh, flip-flops on it. Right. And uh, that was uh, allegedly done for uh, journalist Rick Payway. Right. Uh, who wears Teva, so we still give Mark a hard time. It was really Freiberger, who, who's the Jeep guy who wears flip-flops. Anyway, that stuff aside. Oh, they, they got confused? Uh, no, I, I just think that it's the vibe. It's not sandals, the actual in general. Sandals. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I had, uh, you know. As long as they're not Crocs. Uh, right. I gave Mark a hard time about, uh, <laughs> you know, where's mine? And he said, uh, there's a fat man, uh, a bearded fat man hidden somewhere on here. And that's what the whole keep looking is. So 
Anyway, it's, it still amuses me to someday, know. Yeah, someday, maybe someday, Holman will get his Easter egg. That If I get an Easter egg of me on there, it'll be I'll be done with life. It'll be everything I ever wanted. I'll be memorialized as a bearded fat man on a uh, Jeep product. That'd be good with that. It would it look like a little Buddha? Uh, knowing Mark, it would probably... <laughs> I'm afraid of what he would do, actually. <laughs> maybe maybe just skip that. Never mind. Uh, just, just edit that part of it out. <laughs> nope, it's in. And on the capability story, we put a 35 on it. Didn't change the, the uh, because that suspension, there's really no options for it. Uh, so we got the saw out and just made the wheel openings bigger. 35s and the bigger wheel openings shrinks the yeah, car. It looks so good. It looks, from a distance. The proportions looks, are right. Yeah, yeah proportions out more like a Grand Cherokee. Yeah. All the chrome is gone. We sort of dipped it in one of these industrial colors. It's a, it's a green. looks great out in the desert. Um, then... I found out about this. It's a piece that is attached to it. Uh, I said I'd never, ever do another uh-huh. roof tent. I'm just uh-huh. out of it. It's, yep. it's the de facto uh, um, yep. over overlanding piece you got to have. But I found this piece. It's a uh, it's called the Redtail Overland. So our Scott friend Lott. Ty. Yep. So uh, Ty has been on the podcast from Overland Expo. If you want to go back to the West episode from last year, mm-hmm. talking about it. This is a masterpiece of rooftop tent. It's yep. carbon fiber. The it's way not a rooftop tent. Out. It is a rooftop pen, camping house. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a little Japanese yeah. hotel. Yeah, room, it honestly. is. It's all like origami, how the panels snap out. Yeah. And it's a wedge shape, but hard-sided. And it's huge. And it it's carpeted, or there's a headliner, there's electricity up there. I mean, just everything you would need. It has, a, has a, a battery and a solar charger. It yeah. has heating. It has... It's incredible. Um, uh, connectivity to it. It's it's really a nice piece. It's not an inexpensive piece, no. but neither is a Grand Wagoneer. Fair. Um, we thought the two fit together, and you're, you're not going to put that piece on something smaller than a Grand Wagoneer. The case, I think, is over 10 inches tall, and it goes from windshield to backlight. It is really, it's wide, and it's tall, and it's long. But um, the, the nice thing is, it has a full-size bed in it, and then room beyond that. Well, we took advantage of that, and what we did is when we put it on the roof, the Wagoneer has a rear sunroof. It's a fixed sunroof. We relocated that and and took the, the glass piece out. So now you have sort of a trap door to go from the inside of the car up into the tent. And to make that even easier, we took out, we left just the front seats of the, of the Wagoneer in there and took out everything behind, so the second and third row. We rhino lined the floor. Uh, we fixed it up as kind of a hangout space with beanbag chairs and pillows <laughs> and stuff. And it's super cool. Tell you how big a wagoneer is. <laughs> well, if you've ever been camping in crappy weather, yeah. it's nice to have a little hangout spot. Yeah. That's what we did. We didn't fill it with uh, pots and pans yeah. and refrigerators and, and stoves and all that stuff. We just made it this kind of cool hangout space. And it worked. So you could go in the uh, the rear door, the side door. And walk to the back and go up in there. Really simple. Mm-hmm. And you you go in there and you can deploy the the camper from inside as well. Meaning you now have a, a small apartment with an upstairs and a downstairs. Super cool. It's an awesome piece. It fell together really really well. Um, when we when we took, first took the seats out, we were walking back and forth in it like man, this is this is money. Um, and again, it's a it's a luxury sort of uh, uh, overland vehicle. All right, so uh, two left. I, uh, we can go, let's do a Scrambler, which, by the way, is a 
has a different body shape, like a fastback or a flying buttress behind the front doors, and it's it just looks fast standing still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scrambler is, uh, and we didn't come up with a name till real late, honestly, um, because it started. We say the, the vehicle starts speaking to you. Wasn't the intent to be a scrambler from up front, but that's okay. Uh, it works in the end. The it's doing a couple things. First off, it's a different body style than we have now. Um, it is a essentially a two door on a four door wheelbase. Three ninety two only comes in the long wheelbase, and we were trying to come up with something that was. We didn't want to change the wheelbase, leave all of that intact, um, and come up with a, uh, just honestly, a different body style. One of the guys did a sketch, and it hooked me right away. The trick to it is it's actually kind of a small pickup truck. In fact, the back 10 inches is right off of the Gladiator, including the tailgate. It has a bit of a cartoon proportion, and I love that. It's okay. Hot Wheels. Yeah, and the Magneto, same thing. Uh, So uh, we... Didn't chop the windshield, but we laid it back about 12 degrees, which effectively chops it pretty quick. A chop top at 40-inch tires, I just think is the it's coolest so good. look. It's so good. Maybe it's not practical, but I just think it's it's just so cool. Well, we were we were out wheeling lower 40, mm-hmm. which is one of your first concepts that you played yeah, around with back this year. look yeah, and big, yeah. big wheels and tires. And it's this is like an evolution of me, that. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. This, this is an evolution of kind of that, mm-hmm. was it 10 years later or whatever. Um, 2008, we did that car. Wow. It's crazy. The other thing that's going on with with uh, the Scrambler is, in, you've seen me do it before, but increasing the performance by lightening yeah. the car. Um, so the whole, the hood, uh, front fenders, body side, rear fender, roof are all carbon fiber pieces. And then we went deeper with it. We took off, of course, the, the power top is gone, yeah. which is sort of a heavy piece. The doors are all gone. The rear seat, all the carpet trim, and all that garbage uh, stuff. All stuff, those stuff. Stuff. Tremont, on, brother, just like Winnebago. Yeah, I'm getting yes. too loose here. Uh, <laughs> got, got rid of all of that, and uh, the vehicle, as shown now, up on uh, 40 inch tires, weighs 450 pounds less than it did when it was born. Okay, so you brought some of the concepts back this year of the light weighting themes you've had over the years. We talked about pork chop, stitch. Which is because of you. Yes. So I, I, we may have told this before, I don't remember. So I built a vehicle called Con Artist, which was a JK for four-wheeler. And it was a dollar car that we got back in, uh, was it 2007? When we were eight. still doing that. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was a manual 3.8. And Mark drove it. And he was like, this thing is the biggest pig. That ever, and I think it must have weighed 6,500 pounds yeah, and armor everything on it. With my, my so the following year, he came out with a pork chop concept, mm-hmm. which was basically an F you to me. Uh, uh, <laughs> let me show you how you can do it and do it way lighter. So my follow-up question to that, mm-hmm. uh, and by the way, I've, dri- I've had the opportunity to drive pork chop, like I said before. But me and pork chop will always be buddies. <laughs> We're always tied in because of that. What was the lightest weight or the most weight of any of your lightweighting concepts? So in the in the grand scheme of 450 pounds from Scrambler, mm-hmm. what was Stitch and what was Porkchop? Stitch was a, a little over 1,000 pounds. 1,000 pounds from yeah. Stitch? So let me... Wow. So the three lightweight cars that we've done, yeah. have all the been common denominator has been two-door and 35s. Mm-hmm. The Porkchop, the first car we did, uh, was a 3.8 for the manual. Mm-hmm. The second vehicle, Stitch, was a 3.6 with an auto. 
and then the last vehicle was four speed, which was the two liter, two liter turbo um, with an auto. And it's eh, everybody's confused by that. It was four speed because it was a four cylinder. Yeah, tuned up by the way. That's that, rad. I got, yeah, I got a friend over at SRT. They went <laughs> after it and and tuned it. That car is wicked quick. You step on the throttle at like twenty miles an hour, yeah. and it does a burnout. Yeah, it lights right? up. I mean, it just lights the tires. Yeah, so it's awesome. Crazy. Those vehicles work so well. I, I, I tell people all the time, like, watch the weight. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, do crazy things yeah. and, and cut the car up. I mean, we took the heaters out, yeah. which yeah. I regret every time it's cold. Uh, yeah, so, so but, you reminded me uh, this cold morning when we went wheeling. Like, by the way, heater's not in this car. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I remember. It weighed too much. <laughs> but uh, just, it's just sort of a, you know, guys, watch the weight yeah. because it matters. It's performance, right? Yeah. You're after. Those vehicles... Uh, none of them have a lift on them because when we take the weight out, they just went up. You, yeah, you don't need the lift because yeah. the springs basically just yeah. brushing. In fact, um, we can get the tires down to like APSI and they still look like tires. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but they are, they're like a spider on the rocks. Yeah. The last one we did, four speed, was honestly try to get it as close to uh, a side by side mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of a Wrangler, which was cool, um, because it still has a How many pounds off was that one? That was like 950. Okay, so so the thousand theme on those cars, mm-hmm. but those are all two doors. Obviously, Scrambler's on a four-door chassis, so you've are, you're already going to yeah. have some yeah, additional Yeah, it was just uh, not really a, a concerted effort. Yeah, it wasn't a lightweighting exercise, but you were no, going to do what no, you could to yeah. make the I performance. Mean, yeah, we took the doors off yeah. permanently, right? Yeah. But I I, uh, I would be interested in the uh, the feedback of like you know a look the the long wheelbase two door didn't make sense when uh, a a thirty three inch tire was the the, yeah. the the really popular tire the four door I think when we when we did that and honestly I was a critic of the four door when it first came mm-hmm. out I didn't see what everybody else was seeing I just saw loss of nimbleness yeah. and this sort of you know breakover angle was was bothering me but now uh, that was when a a 35 was a big tire 37s were were around 40s were kind of yeah. exotic it's really not unusual to see uh, 40s in, in my uh, AV392 on 37s looks small here yeah. and the drives actually run nice yeah. I'm sure I've seen you know there's 54s driving around oh yeah, yeah Moab weight yeah, yeah. Right. Oh it's nutty um, but dead. It scales the vehicle different, so it's sort of asking the question: Like, what, could you do a, a long wheelbase? You need to keep it down. Why is that? Because the state police are out there looking for you. No, you're kidding. Me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we just got we just got broken into. Yeah. Just get what? Just fire fire your weapon at him. We're doing it. We're doing podcast. Podcast. You're on our podcast. Yeah. Congratulations, Jason Bowles, the, the brains behind Magneto. The Magneto. Hey, perfect timing to talk about Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Stay. <laughs> Pull up a chair. Stay. Stay. Well, yeah, I mean, you might as well. Yeah. part of the uh, show yeah. now. So, yeah, Jason Bowles, Wobosto, we'll just broke into our room. Uh, perfect timing. It's yeah. not staged at all. No, that was, that, was, that was perfect timing. So you have to pull your chair a little closer. Yeah. So we're, we're uh, yeah, so we've talked to Jason in the past with Magneto uh, 1.0, mm-hmm. Magneto uh, 2.0, and now... Magneto 3.0. So, all right, Scrambler, we, we're done crossing that off the list. So, um, Magneto 3.0. And I'd 3. like 0. to tell the story. Okay. And I told you the story mm-hmm. that uh, it was 
I was being uh, hounded by our CEO to make a battery electric uh, Wrangler, and he wouldn't let up. And I'm like, look, it was Mike Manley, and I'm like, look, man, I, uh, I'm the crayon guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not an engineer by, by any means. I, I was really despondent because he kept hounding me to do it in his, you know, good nice way. Yeah. And uh, I want to say it was, it was SEMA 2018? 19. 19. I run into a friend of mine at SEMA, and Jason and I wheel together, so we're, we're wheeling buddies, and uh, I uh, come clean with him like, man, I, I got a problem I'm trying to solve, you know, I need to make a, a battery electric field. I, I don't even know where to begin. And he's like, oh, and funny you should say yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> he says, hey, come check this out, and we're leaning up against the post in uh, a a, a booth in mm-hmm. SEMA. Yes. And he shows me a product, a mm-hmm. project that he'd been working on, and it was a, a vehicle that uh, was an electric motor. I would say a revered, iconic vehicle from another brand that was electrified in a way that was, sh- pun intended, shocking to people. Yes. Is that all fair? Yep. Yeah, it was a, uh, an electric motor hooked to a mm-hmm. uh, manual transmission. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking I need to keep the things that I love, the stick axles, mm-hmm. the slinky suspension, the, yep. the transfer case and all that. I'm being told over and over and over by everybody who's smarter than me that uh, you don't put a gearbox behind an electric motor that has all this torque. It's not necessary. I'm here to tell you everybody's <laughs> wrong when you say that. Uh, I've said several times that there's a reason that your, your, your electric drill has gears mm-hmm. in it and your winch has gears Absolutely. in it. Absolutely. In fact, we were, uh, funny thing, we were, we were searching for a gas-powered winch to put on the front of the That would have been funny. Couldn't find it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Jason is showing me this, and then the wheels finally start to spin, and uh, we got together and, and made the vehicle. Uh, and we did it really open. Uh, we we made it a one of the concept cars for Moab uh, version 1.0 on 35s. It was a two door, which was probably the wrong thing to pick. The goal of the vehicle was never about range or charging or boring stuff like that. It was about um, what does electric do to the to the Jeep to make it a better vehicle off road because mm-hmm. it's coming. Yeah. Right. It's coming. So and, might as well Mike, figure it out. Mike wanted us to be smarter and yeah. ahead of the curve and go start learning now. Uh, we said we'd make the, the vehicle. F- we'd bring it back three years. We've been tweaking it for three years. This is the final time. Next year we'll be here with a uh, production, uh, the the recon, which is an electric vehicle coming out, um, and we'll start playing with that. It's been a journey of ups and downs and ins and outs. Um, it's been... So, Jason, I heard a vicious rumor that Mark Allen destroyed it at some point. <laughs> Is this true? One never kisses and tells. <laughs> you really are friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I, I, one I, of his most admirable qualities <laughs> is he can keep a secret. I think the quote that I heard was, uh, it needs new everything. <laughs> something, something well, accurate? it is car guys. <laughs> new everything never hurts. Yeah. 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 yeah um, but what we did with it this year was uh, we upped it is now, as it stands, it's 650 horsepower. It is 900 foot-pounds of torque. It's still through a manual six-speed gearbox, uh, which we sourced from a 
Challenger Hellcat. Is it T fifty six or sixty sixty? Oh, sixty sixty. But yeah. custom straight cut gears. Yeah. yeah. And then sent it off and had it beefed up. Got <laughs> some work done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, maybe be really clear about the gearing. Uh, we we kept the, the transfer case, which is super important. Sure. Uh, does it need six gears? No, it's stupid. Yeah. It needs probably two, maybe to three. Maybe three. Yeah. What we don't talk about a lot on that vehicle, but I think it's notable, is because we just keep showing it off road and, and driving over rocks. It is completely unremarkable how it drives on the street meaning and i mean that in the very best way yeah it drives very normal um let me let me walk you through the the sequence you you get in the vehicle you punch the button and it's live but it's not running you don't start it up right right, right. we know this on electric cars the so biggest like, hurdle my wife's four by e is she pushes the button or she does the remote start and if the car is alive yeah but, but there's it's no not doing it's not doing anything yeah. it's just yeah on right yeah, it's kind of a it's, weird thing to transition from a ice vehicle into a plug-in hybrid or an ev because you're like okay now what well, well <laughs> there has to be a handshake me or in michigan in the winter <laughs> it's like i want it making hot water yeah, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the sequence is you're in the vehicle it is it is alive because you punch the button you select the gear you want to be in uh, you can you can be first gear and so you're in high range yep. and you don't use the clutch Right. You just put it in the gear you want, you press the pedal, and it goes. Yep. You use the clutch only for shifting. From While one moving. to two, two to three. You don't ever slip the clutch. Okay, You just use it to disengage, to, to change gears. Um, and you can, you can do it. You can row through the gears. It, has, it feels like compression braking when you lift off the throttle. Um, it's is that because of regen, or is that just the... The nature of gearing. It's it's a big it's a flywheel. Yeah. Right. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So you've got the flywheel effect, and you get yeah. some regen that you can program in as you let off the clutch. It wants to slow it down a little bit more to give you that feeling of yeah. a real old school ice combination. Yeah. You you do have to rewire your brain on how the vehicle works. Yeah. You don't rev it up. You don't slip the clutch. Um, it, it's funny, you know, you come to a stop and you don't have to do it. You just stop and then you go again. Yeah. Now, the, here's the other thing. So I just, that's version A. You can walk through the gears up and down. It's very, very familiar and ordinary. Or you can just put it in third gear, drive around. Correct. <laughs> right? You'd be done with it. Yeah. One yeah. pedal mode. Yeah. Now, here's the really cool thing. Um, and, you know, if you ever want to start a, an argument, Manual versus automatic. This has, imagine you're in a rock garden. You're picking your way through rocks. Because it's an electric motor, um, and I'm running a manual gearbox, I don't have a torque converter. I, I don't have to get the revs up to get the thing, the pressure in the, in the So you converter. don't have what we would call ramping the converter up where you get that like rubber band effect. So mm-hmm. you load it up against the rock, and then it like, vroom, and punches yes. you over, yep. and then you're hard on the brakes. You because have, you want to you, stop the group. You don't have yeah. enough RPM, and then yeah. you have too, too much. much. Yeah. And then you stop it, and you've lost that momentum. Yes. So and you're two foot. Torque converter surge. Yep. Yes. It doesn't have that. And the other thing it doesn't have. So it has it has the direct feel of a manual gearbox without any of the fear of the clutch. The clutch yeah. So because it's not running like that, it can't stall. Yeah. It's not, it's not a motor that needs to, to be idling. 
so it can't stall. So you have absolute finite amazing control. And then with the gears, you you just the gear, all the gears do is really move the torque around. Right. So you can uh, you can climb a rock in sixth gear, but it feels like you've got a, a loose converter. Mm-hmm. If you put it down in first gear and you're you're in low range, it's really immediate. So it's it is important to have yeah. gears. Sure. Now we have too many probably in this product, <laughs> but we learned a really a really important thing there. For so, example, the first gear for low max motor RPM, you go four miles an hour. <laughs> it's like a Unimog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without the noise. And then the Unimog is, has like a, uh, has the rabbit, the, the turtle, and then a clock. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> and the beauty, as Mark's saying, is there's no minimum RPM anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You could you could press your brake on an internal combustion and bring it down into the 450 range, but then you'll stall. Yeah. yeah. So you can really go up at 100, 200. Yeah. yeah. If you're wanting to do that and have that ultimate control. It is really... Really finessey, yeah. For that, and then this like year it. you put a whole bunch of regen into it, so you can one pedal. Mention going down, wipe out hill, mm-hmm. no brakes, and you actually have to give it throttle yeah. to go down a very steep. So there's hill. some EV vehicles that are out there that I helped kind of either develop or work with the engineers to get the off road feel. Mm-hmm. And so one of the manufacturers had a rock crawl mode, and the rock crawl mode. The only thing they didn't like is when you lifted, there's no crawl that was built into the system. You just stopped. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want hill hold because I'm watching the train go under the vehicle and losing my line yeah. because you're stopping the vehicle because you don't, don't have creep in it. Right. And right. so those types of things are like us recalibrating what electric does, but making it work for how we use it off-road. So that's really interesting to hear that. And, you know, just there's so many tricks that you can do with an electric motor setup in order to tackle the terrain um, so I find that part of it really interesting mm-hmm. and the way you can do that is having the mechanical reduction of that first gear mm-hmm. so if you had a standard single speed it's harder to do that yeah, like sure. yeah. so by having the extra gears you can select you can get your mechanical advantage the other thing and everybody told me oh that would be really easy to do <laughs> <laughs> right not so much Oh my god! Yeah, it's been a journey. Well, I remember. But it's uh, been fun. Came coming to Moab. Jim had invited me out to Moab for four by e, and we helped it, the engineers calibrate the pedal feel in low range. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you were with me. It was me, Nina, I think Rick. I don't maybe. think I was on a trip. But yeah. yeah. So yeah. we we basically had the engineers in the back, and then we calibrated those that feel because the other thing electric doesn't have is I don't I want creep in it, mm-hmm. but if I'm climbing and I lift up, I don't want to roll back. Right. So I want to have hill hold on top of it overlaid so that I don't lose that momentum as I'm picking my way up something technical. Yeah. Again, it goes back to how does an EV work and how can we adapt the software to make sure that it's accomplishing what we want to do you know, on the trail. Yeah. So as Mark said, imagine going up a, a rock garden where your minimum RPM, depending on automatic or manual, you'd be surging and then you don't yeah. want to roll back. You no longer have to do that in first gear. You just keep your foot on the gas and just lift up a little bit and you let momentum stop you yeah Mm -hmm. the gravity and then you can just keep going again you don't lose that ability to move and stop on a let's say 45 50 degree angle downside manual trans with electric motor 
you can't put it in first gear and walk away from it. Just no. it, it parking uh, brake imperative. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Doesn't have compression. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, like in in low range, you could park, yes. park the thing in first gear and it'll hold whatever hill you put yeah. it on. This one. Yeah. So let me be really, really clear. We are not going to do a battery electric Wrangler that has a manual transmission. <laughs> it was a means to an end to keep all the axles and the suspension and stuff. Uh, it was an exercise. And we've learned a ton. Yeah, it's been really cool. All right, well, you heard of that disappointing news directly from Mark <laughs> Allen, head of Jeep Design, right? All uh, angry emails, too. Not as shown. <laughs> Not as shown. Yeah. yeah. Well, what what was the uh, the takeaway for all the vehicles? Is there is there one that, I guess, maybe Scrambler? Is that the one that you're most excited about? Or are they all your children and you love them all equally? Oh, the takeaway is that I'm an idiot. I need to be fired, probably. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we'll get some hate mail. Um, no, uh, honestly, I mean, and I'm kidding. Um, I really like that I have categories that we, we did yeah. this year and try to fulfill. You know, the rest of my the yeah. high performance uh, slash lightweight hybrid, the EV. I mean, really hit everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Wagoneer. Finally, getting my hands on a Wagoneer, and I think we did it right. I really like how that vehicle presents now. Yeah. Um, you know, taking all the chrome off and stuff like that. It, and there, that, that took a while. There was a lot. Um, but yeah, we, we actually, I hope that people see uh, when we do those, the passion that goes into them, the, the, that we're, we're wired into the enthusiast side. Um, I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, it's a unique thing. I think we're the only people that do this. The magic is uh, I can flip the keys to... Uh, media yeah. and they can drive the vehicle you design them to be used you yeah use they are fully functional vehicles um, and that you know we don't overdo it on the the show part we yeah. kind of over index on the, the functional part I need to give props to the guys that, that build these cars uh, it's an incredibly small team and it's a secret little location that we have it's people we contract I think it's eight people building seven cars. Which is crazy. Amazing. They're yeah. super efficient, and yeah. their hearts are all into it. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. I would say it's a, it's an extra credit job that I never <laughs> get the credit for yeah. uh, at, at work. Because, you know, I've got a day job. I've, yeah. I've got a lot of stuff to take care of. But um, this is uh, just purely out of, uh, out of passion. Well, I'm going to uh, say what I say to you every year. How the hell are you going to top yourself next year? I'm sure your, mm-hmm. the wheels are already turning. Mm-hmm. And I'll know you've run out of ideas when the Surrey Jeep and Coral shows up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fred Williams always wants me to do a, uh, either a van or, or a, some Surrey some point, Surrey Mark Allen is going to do a Surrey before yeah. he's uh, done. He um, says he won't, but something will move his spirit, I, I guarantee you. I'll tell you, I've alluded to it. I'm excited uh, that we'll have the recon to start working on. Recon is a battery electric vehicle we've shown, and... Um, it's very in the vein of, of Wrangler. I think it'll be an enthusiast, welcomed vehicle, and excited about that. All right. Yeah, well. I, I've done everything. I've done compasses. I've done yeah. Patriots. And it's funny. I, I, we, you see, we, we do mainly Wranglers, and I'll do, um, we'll bring a Grand Cherokee yep. or something, and everybody's like, yeah, that's great. Where's the Wranglers? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. <laughs> because we're in Moab. 
Well, this is uh, this is mecca for uh, for Jeep folks, and we appreciate everything that you guys do for the brand and for the enthusiasts to show that you care about people who uh, who use the product and that you guys do yourself. And just uh, appreciate your time. I know uh, normally we're out in the middle of getting uh, sand uh, blasted by the wind. It's nice <laughs> yeah, to put the picture up. Yeah, yeah please do that. So put I, that picture up every year. So somebody yeah. brought that up uh, a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and they said. Something about that 6.4 Jeep. So Mike Manley, who was the CEO of Jeep a while back, they built him a JK that had a 6.4 in it. It was a precursor to V8-powered Jeeps. And Mark and I were out driving it, and there is a photo where we're in the sand dunes, and we're completely engulfed inside. <laughs> it looks like doors the movie The Mummy, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Mark said that when that thing was crushed, sand was still coming out of it. And I had somebody bring it up, and I showed them the picture, and they were just, like, laughing. They just couldn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I took my 392 out of the dunes today, and I'm like... I've got a picture from this exact spot, although this one has doors on top, which is great. I have a, a funny story about that car. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a six four mm-hmm. with, with a manual trans two yep. door, and uh, Mike wanted to have it. Uh, we got it to his house. He wanted to take it home or whatever, and he had two teenage sons. And I got a call that um, we needed to come pick the car up mm-hmm. because the drive shaft. Fell out. <laughs> <laughs> you could put two or two together. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> I, I might have made a drive shaft fall out of a uh, Jeep vehicle more than once in my uh, in my day. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how uh, you top yourself next year. Thank you, Sean Holman, with the Jeep guys. Come on, there's some great nuggets in there, right? Yep. I you know I think the thing about Mark and and just getting interviews like that in general is how often do you get an executive that relaxed who is walking you through the thought process of products and things like that? I mean that I, I no, don't, all too often they're scripted and they're on a stage and there's a PR person sitting next to them or what? Just they're not in a room sitting on coffee, no. chilling, beer, whatever or whatever. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I, I think that's one of the things that that we're able to do on the show is. Uh, we really get personal with some of these uh, these guys uh, because we have the relationship, and uh, hopefully, you know, the listeners listening, you guys value uh, that because I just think it's an experience that isn't normally something that you would be able to, you know, capture or or get to be a part of by listening in, and I just think that's something special that we do. So, well, I feel like you had uh, quite a bit of news in that segment about Jeeps, but if you're not into Jeeps and you want some other news, we got this. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh, uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope, didn't hear. Uh, Lincoln uh, revealed the new, uh, quote-unquote, new Nautilus, which is a fine-looking SUV. I only bring this up because this particular SUV is going to be built in China and sold in America. And I feel like for an American luxury brand that is that is rooted in American cars, American luxury, yeah. is this really the time to have a product like that built in China and brought over here? Gets the gong <laughs> out. That might not have been super appropriate. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, it's like the gong show from yeah, the I, 80s. I, like yeah, it's yeah, out, yeah, yeah. gone, no, I got it. fail. I'm just saying. Fail, Link, fail, fail. I, I want to know what you guys think. I want to I know what our truck show podcast listener. Wrong country. Thinks of uh, American manufacturing 
American companies bringing a product that was made in China to sell back here. I just, it doesn't sit well with me. Same here. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! God, no! Nope, I didn't. Uh, the new Ford Ranger, also going to be made in China. No, it's not. Well, the Chinese version. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to sell the U.S. truck here, but that could you would, imagine? Oh, that would be like. Backlash. That would be like them saying, F-150 sold in China, or, or built oh in China and God. sold it. Oh, dude. By the way, I'm not saying that's happening. It's just they're, they, there's going to be a Chinese domestic uh, market ranger that they build there, which mm. is fine. I, I have no problem. If you're overseas and you're building for that market and sure, it's easier sure. to build it, whatever, but I just don't, I don't, I'm not in love with the build in China and bring here thing. Yeah. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No. Apparently, uh, there's going to be a uh, massive rebranding in Jaguar Land Rover, where uh, Range Rover, Defender, and Discovery are going to be uh, become their own brands, which I I hate this. To me, this is just as bad as everybody taking names off their car and going to alphanumeric to copy the Germans. Do you feel that Range Rover, modern, new, like in the last like three, four years of Range Rovers, those drivers haul ass more than other drivers. No, I see Range Tesla. Rovers. Tesla drivers are the worst. They if the if the Range Rover well, drivers are twenty percent oh. faster than everyone else. Yeah, the Tesla drivers are thirty eight percent faster than everybody else. Oh, I don't feel that. Oh, I feel that God. the Tesla drivers are the new Prius drivers. No way, dude. No, I was on my way home from Vegas. No, no I've not, been, not the speed wise. They're just like oblivious to the world. And I just, don't know, yeah. but dude, they're they're flying. I remember cars passing me at one hundred miles an hour the whole way home. Getting to Riverside where there's traffic, they're cutting in and out. It, it's obnoxious. It's f- quite frankly obnoxious. Don't you think that uh, Teslas have an automated system to keep them from lane changing without signals and no. whatnot? No, no. Driver override, dude. Mm. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't drive themselves all the time. Do you think that there are people? Are they? Are Tesla owners? Enthusiasts, or are they just going fast because it's silent? Yes, and they just it, don't know their own speed, or their a holes, or, or, or that, like that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's weird. It, you know, they're trying to reimagine their brands, kind of like oh, it's a, it's the Raptor brand, it's the Corvette brand, it's the Mustang brand. I hate these sub brands. Stop making sub brands. Just your brand makes cars. Like, who cares if the brand is better than the mothership? Make the mothership brand better. Like, stop putting crutches on everything. So, well, more people know about this, and we don't want it to be associated with our main brand. That's just dumb. Just you, just work harder at making your company not suck, <laughs> rather than tricking says, people. Says Holman. Stuff. Anyway. Don't suck. Yeah, don't suck. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No way. Nope. Uh, Ram recalls 131,700 trucks for engines that can stall out. <laughs> Damn it. So, this was uh, the E-Torque 5.7 in the uh, Ram 1500s, apparently... Uh, there have been uh, quite a few reports as of March 30th, 206 customer records, 636 warranty claims, and 53 field reports about the truck stalling. And apparently there was a report on one accident. Uh, fortunately, Ram has uh, gone back and figured out what it is, and it's just going to require an update of the powertrain control module. Apparently, the uh, calibration of the software in those trucks will make the vehicle uh, apparently overly rich in certain conditions that will actually stall it out be when it's uh, going between the uh, hybrid version and the gas version when the hybrid mm. motor comes in. And Anyway, long story short, short story long, I don't know. The Ram 1500, if you got an e-torque, bring it in, get a computer uh, reflash, and you should be golden in case you've ever experienced this. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, 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 no.
In nope. the uh, long line of Toyota Tacoma TRD teaser shots, more oh, have been released. God. Uh, and they're they're getting good at hyping. Uh, I mean, it's all about the hype machine. Damn. So if you want to follow at Toyota USA, uh, you will find out that there appears to be a shot with a spinning wheel where you can see. Guess what? A rear disc brake. Oh my God! So Welcome you, to 2023, you guys are everyone. Finally, getting rear discs on your Tacomas for 2024. Huh. Uh, they also did a second teaser shot. That uh, showed off the uh, Fox QS3 internal bypass. Do you think, do you think they'll have uh, ABS finally? <laughs> yeah, they have that today. <laughs> oh, they do. Uh, so anyway, uh, apparently there's uh, there's some more love coming to the uh, Tacoma. It's it's looking like it's gonna be a pretty uh, pretty badass little truck. So kind of like that. Uh, hey, lighting, did you hear? How about new? Nope. Uh, spy photos of the 2024 Chevy Colorado ZR2 Bison, which is the uh, AV upgrade. That uh, you'll be able to get at dealers. Shows a bunch of stuff, including what appears to be long travel DSSV shocks, and from the factory. God, I love this. GM is buying up all the world's 35 inch tires because they're putting 35s <laughs> on everything. Wow. You'll be able to get the brand new Chevy Colorado Zero 2 Bison with 35s. That's cool. And it looks good on it, them. And it looks good too. Um, I know we've kind of uh, been uh, guessing that that was probably the case based off the of spy photos, but some photos of the tires up close. And that's over today's uh, ZR2's 31-inch uh, tires. So it's pretty massive. That's a big, up. yeah, that's a big leap. Basically, uh, they end up being Goodyear Wrangler territories with the 315-70-17, which I believe is the same uh, size tire on uh, the Raptor, for example. So it's uh, on a mid-sized truck. It looks uh, absolutely phenomenal, and uh, it's it's meaty, dude. Gotta like it. That's what she said. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? What? No. Nope, didn't hear. Norway loves EVs, so Ford's sending them the F-150 Lightning. Will you be going to Norway soon? Ante up. I'm there. Uh, one-way ticket, and I'm uh, there also. I mean, I'm there to support you going, is what I meant. Fine, I'll stay for a while. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. The uh, mid-sized truck sales for Q1 of 2023, which is January through March. Guess uh, what the number one selling mid-sized truck is. Number one selling mid-sized truck. Tacoma? 53,583 souls in the first quarter. Dang. The uh, second best-selling truck in the midsize category. Ford or Ranger? If you don't combine the General Motors vehicles. Oh, GM. Is the Nissan Frontier. Oh. At 16,926. Followed by the Jeep Gladiator at 13,575. The Chevy Colorado at 13,256. The Honda Ridgeline at 12918 The Ford Ranger at 11500 And the GMC Canyon at 5160 Which means if you combine the Canyon and Colorado, GM gets 18416 and that puts them in second place, but I don't think they should be done that way. No. Different dealers, different styling, not the same truck, even though it's the same truck. True that. Go, uh, go Nissan, number two. Woo! Woo! Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Nope. Didn't hear. Uh, the small Ram pickup truck that has been seen testing uh, might actually be uh, Ram's new small truck for South America. Will that truck come here? Don't know. It's, it's not news. What? It might be news if oh. they, if there's a mid-sized Ram. When was the last time we had a mid-sized Ram? It was a Dakota. Yeah. A long time ago. 
There might if, be one now. What if Ram wants to get in the game that bad? I mean, in South America, they do. And if they're... I mean, here. Styling it in conjunction with the U.S.? I mean, maybe. Just I, I wonder if uh, bringing over midsize Rams would cannibalize the full-size Rams. Um, not at all. No? customer. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And because we have so many damn email from you guys, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, we're going to do a speed round. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. You're going to have to divvy up the email because I don't have any over here. I know you don't. They're sitting on the printer over there. I can't that reach. That is by design. Lightning gets nothing all the time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> all right, I was just going to uh, run through a couple uh, frontier spottings really quick just because, uh, well, freaking A, you guys sent like 50 of them this week. And I'm out of stickers. And Lightning's out of stickers, which so is So I, I got to dip into uh, Holman's stash. So when I first got the stickers, I want to uh, shout out to my buddy Eric at Nameplate. They make stickers for Quicksilver, O'Neal, Rusty, Stussy, Truck Show Podcast. I was it all those top names, those high quality stickers, made them for us. So uh, this one's from uh, Evan Andrews. Says Frontier Spotting. He says Lightning Holman spotted this Frontier while cruising in my 1960 International Harvester flatbed truck. I was trying to speed up, but he was much faster than me. Love the podcast. Listen to it every week, and it makes my commute much more enjoyable. I'm currently building a '76 Scout to wheel here uh, in Florida. What are your thoughts on Scout motors, all electric Scouts? Keep up the great work. Five stars as always. Five star review. Five stars. That's cool. So what he's talking about is the uh, the new all electric VW spinoff because they own the Scout name of uh, bringing back the International Scout as an EV and uh, I mean it's all vaporware until you see it. I'm kind of excited about it. They'd be cool. Got to be honest. It'd be cool. Linex of West Phoenix sends us this one. Oh, these are my boys, by the way. These are the guys that uh, and uh, lady. Oh, and lady, okay, they are my my kids, my peeps. Yeah, this my is my peeps, Matt Bingham. I believe at some point, uh, at one point, his wife was asking if we could get out there when the shop opened, uh, but the owner said no parties or something like that. So I've been talking to them. They actually beat me to putting a uh, an EGR roll track on their truck. They oh, had nice. one on a Raptor and I think on a Gladiator. And uh, I was asking him questions before I put it on, and he had some great advice. Awesome. And it was so they're they're my peeps for sure. We got to get out there at some point. So Matt Wright says, "Dear lightsaber and gun holster, <laughs> see, uh-huh. I spotted this frontier as it parked right in front of me while listening to the truck show podcast. The added bonus for me is this guy needed a bedliner and agreed to make an appointment with me. So I'd like to offer a twist to your frontier spotting. Any frontier spotted without a bedliner should contact us at Linex of West Phoenix." And we'd be happy to provide them with our product. I, too, will send our custom stickers to the submitter of the photo. I really enjoy the show from a guy who started driving a 79 Chevy Love truck and is now driving a Gen 3 Raptor with a 2016 JK as an option B. I have learned so much from your show. You are the Harry to my coal. Obviously, a uh, what, Days of Thunder reference? I guess so. Cole Trickle. Whenever I'm listening to the show, I feel like in the bar scene when Cole tells Harry he has no idea what he's talking about because he admits he doesn't know much about cars. But I carry on anyway and learn something from each episode. Below is the link. Now, you want to run right on the ragged edge all the damn time. you got to tell us what's going on with the car. Well, you just want to change the way I drive it. Maybe. Well, maybe you could set up the car so I don't have to change. Well, I'd be happy to. You just tell me how. Well, what do you want to know? Well, hell, Cole, you're the driver. If you think she's running loose or tight, tell us. We give a turn here, take some wedge out there, we'll win some races. That's all there is to it. 
I can't do that. Well, why the hell not? Because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And uh, five stars, God bless. That's uh, Matt Bingham from uh, Linex of West Phoenix. So uh, Matt and his wife are great. They've been listening to the show for a long time. So if you guys are in the uh, Arizona area somewhere and you're looking for some Linex, go uh, hit up Matt. Tell him the uh, Truck Show podcast uh, sent you. Got this one from Hunter Dieter. Says, hey, guys, spotted this Frontier by office this morning and had to grab a pick. Thanks for the great show. And that's uh, Hunter Dieter. He says, if you still have some, I'd love some TSP stickers for my boys. I got you guys. All right, got this one from Brandon. Says, hey, guys, I've been trying to get a picture of a Frontier since you started your sticker giveaway. I occasionally see one driving by when I'm stopped at a stop sign and was never quick enough to snap a picture until today. As I was leaving my driveway this morning, headed to work, one drove by. I knew that I had only a few miles before they had to stop at a stop sign, and I was able to catch up with them and snap this picture before they took off. Love the show. I've been a listener since the beginning. Keep up the good work and monitor those parameters. <clears throat> um, no. I don't think so. By the way, I love that we're causing anxiety with drivers. They're like, oh, Frontier, I have to get it. <laughs> That's from uh, Brandon Wrench. Thanks, Brandon. We uh, we appreciate you. All right. Uh, we've got many more of those, but we'll save them for the next episode because we've got actually got some real emails here. And by the way, I am tapping into a Holman stash of stickers, and I will continue to send those. And I've ordered another 500 more. So how about that? And this one's from RB. Air Lightning of Banks. Number one, I'd like to have a pedal monster on my RAM. Can the iDash product display be directed onto the RAM's 12-inch screen or the driver information screen in the instrument cluster rather than having to mount the separate round uh, readout? Uh, if not available now, will routing the iDash output through the factory screen ever be possible with the iDash? Number two, I work in biomedical. I've become more used to ISO units, millimeters, Celsius, newtons, etc. than U.S. customary units. Can the iDash units be set to either U.S. or metric units? Uh, please don't have a cow over this next question, but it's difficult enough to be working in an industry that uses ISO metric units while living in the U.S., which still clings to the antiquated, inconsistent system of British units. Anyhow, can I-dash units be customized such that, for example, all temperatures read out in Celsius while pressures read out in PSI? No biggie if not. PA is fine for pressures, but the Pascal for pressure is an ISO unit I don't regularly use. So my brain still thinks of pressures in PSI. Number three. I'd love to have a pedal monster to reduce the laggy throttle response inherent in the Ram Eco Diesel. I know the pedal monster is carb approved and all other good things about it. But how's the pedal monster viewed by Ram service folk? That's the million dollar question. I've got a Mopar service warranty, eight years, 125,000 miles, and I don't really want to violate it. Uh, assuming the worst case scenario that Ram service riders take a dim view of any aftermarket attachments, if I just unplug and remove the pedal monster before the truck goes in for service, can Ram detect the pedal monster was previously installed? Love to hear those answers, Ray. So first, Ray, the iDash cannot project to your Ram's DIC, and it probably won't anytime soon because we want people staring at the iDash itself and not burying it in a center console or in a glove box only to project its data elsewhere. So that's Probably not going to happen, sorry. Yes, you can select which unit types you want. We have thousands of global customers that use the iDash in metric and ISO units. You just go into the menu, settings, and then units. And regarding the warranty, Stellantis is no different than GM and Ford. Although legally, they have to prove the aftermarket device caused the problem before they can deny your warranty. We find that they often kill warranties just for having something present in your vehicle. For this reason, we recommend removing the device before service visits. And this goes for any electronics, not just ours. 
Unless, of course, you know the dealer and they're cool with aftermarket accessories and they'll just look the other way. If you remove the Derringer, Pedal Monster, iDash, any of the electronics that Banks offers, they are invisible. Their scan tools cannot see it after it was removed, period. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Hope this helps. All right, I got one here from uh, Ron Williams. says, name my Maverick. This is Ron with the OBS F250 and camper from the Goffs Meetup. Don't worry. I still have and am keeping the 97, but I'm not sure you'll want to associate with me anymore as I now have a hybrid Maverick as a daily commuter, LOL. Hey, two days in and I'm getting 34 miles per gallon. I ain't complaining. Uh, I, I've got no problem with that. I need your help deciding on a personalized plate. So far, I have uh, not a truck or trucklet. What do you think? Any other ideas? <laughs> Thanks. Oh, and a uh, Finnegan five stars. Well, we don't have a Finnegan five stars. We have a Finnegan, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. That's about it. And uh, I'll have to think about that. How about... Um, not goose. <laughs> not goose. Come on, that's solid. Yeah. Just okay. came up with that. All right. Or not Iceman. No, I like not goose. Or um the sequel. I that's just a shirt, not goose. <laughs> I think not goose as a license plate would be awesome on a Maverick. That's true. I'm going with not goose. Yeah, not goose. Not goose. There you go, Ron. Oh, is it N O T G U S E? Whatever. Or N T G O O S E. I guess no, it'd be N O T G O O S. It could be whatever you want. Sure. You're going to have to play with the license plate configuration. But just don't do N-O-T-G-U-S-S. It's like, who's Gus? <laughs> and this one's from uh, Trevor Nemero. Subject line is Jesus Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, he just says, one hour, 17 minutes, and 10 seconds. I love it when the guy comes from behind. Oh, great. <laughs> Good thing you guys keep it PG around there. Of Thank you, we, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, got this one. Hey, by the way, Trevor, get your mind out of the gutter so mine can float by. It's not a boat race, you know? Uh, this one's from Hayden Tree. It says, Dear L&H, Holman, I need to apologize. You were right. About? in and out fries are good if you get them well done, extra salt, and animal style. I'm a big enough of a man to admit when I'm wrong. Hopefully now I'm off the do not send a sticker list too. On that note, I've noticed this Nissan on campus, and after looking at it a little closer, the little truck's starting to grow on me. Sincerely, Hayden, and uh, that goes in the frontier spotting pile, and also the uh, big man with the apology pile. Mm. We That's not a big pile. It's, a <laughs> it's very short. Sure, yeah, it's, it's like two emails. I'll take it. Mm. Uh, this one's from uh, Greg Mann from uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Sent this email to Holman a few weeks back, but he didn't respond. Guess it's true. Lightning, he doesn't check his email. What? No no biggie, though. I know both of you have been super busy lately. A little so bit. So one of my daily drivers is a 97 Ram 1500 4x4 that needs new tires. I currently have Yokohama Geolanders on it, and it's time for a new set of shoes. I know Toyo is one of your favorites, but I just don't know if I need all that tire. I probably put 11,000 miles on the truck a year, and I go off-roading very little. I'm an avid hunter, so October through December, it's off-roading almost every weekend. Nothing really serious, just muddy roads and sometimes making my own roads. I don't mind paying the extra money for a tire that is going to last. What are your suggestions? Glad you all decided to continue with the show after Motor Trend said goodbye. I look forward to the show every Monday. Finnegan? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. No, two in uh, one segment. I, I don't know. There's for somebody who's like that. There's a bunch of good tires out there. Um, there's the uh, the Falcon Ruby Track, which is a good all terrain. That's uh, so. Are we more... saying everything other than Toil because he no. sounds like he doesn't want to spend the money on Toils? No, because I'm, I'm going to throw out a bunch of stuff. Okay. So again, Falcon Ruby Track, which is uh, 
you know, not as aggressive as, uh, or probably not as hardcore, if you will, as a Falcon Wild Peak uh, AT3. Great tire, by the way. Uh, either one of those actually would be fine. Toyo Open Country RT Trail, uh, which is a little bit less aggressive than the RT. And if you don't want to Open Country AT3 also, or Open Country 3, BF Goodrich uh, All-Terrain KO2, also a solid, uh, a isn't solid that, choice for isn't daily. Isn't the KO2 kind of a pricey tire, though? I mean, yeah, if they're all... I think all tires are pricey these days. Yeah, I guess they, they're uh, all. I mean, look if, if he's in a what a thirty-five somewhere around there, you're looking at four hundred bucks tire, right? Yeah, probably at something least. like that. Yeah. Yep. The other one you might consider is the Milestar Patagonia AT. There's uh, there's another tire. I would look at the AT category on the less aggressive AT. Something enough where it's durable, has a good sidewall, preferably three plies or at least a uh, two ply with a uh, tread cap that wraps around halfway down the sidewall to prevent punctures. Because I think that'll be the biggest issue. And, you know, I would, again, look for those ATs. I think that's the right place to be, and they'll give you good road manners, but uh, be capable enough off-road for you. But if he's got to choose one, he's got to choose, what is the, the Holman pick? Because the Lightning pick is the, the Toyo RT Trails. What is the Holman pick? Uh, I just gave you the ones. I like all those tires. But you, can, you have to say one. No, he's I don't he's going to buy the tire you say right now. Uh, Pressure's on. No. The heat is on. Only he knows his use case. He just described his use case and I just to told you. BFG, Toyo, no, Falcon. I want you to... Ne- so it's the best deal. Whatever he finds Absolutely. the best deal yep. on, on the you AT. You can't go wrong on any of those All righty. Uh, this one's from uh, Nick Lawn says, Lighting and Holman. Nick again, just listening through some of the older episodes. Since I think you guys said they may not be available for much longer. <clears throat> Did we say that? We did say that. I think you should heed that uh, advice. Uh, hopefully you guys will be able to find a way to archive them. It's fun to hear comments while knowing the future. Back in Lightning's Truckless Days, episode 91 on October 20th, 2019, at one hour, uh, 53 minutes and 13 seconds in, Lightning says, quote unquote, I want that new Ram with the Hellcat engine. Pretty cool. Anyway, keep the uh, suckage down and the stars at five. And remember, everything matters. Lower the suckage! Thanks for watching. And remember, everything matters. Uh, P.S. I'm the guy who wants, uh, quote, unquote, this is lightning speaking on a shirt. (laughs) Sent from Dirty Jersey. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm all about Dirty Jersey. Hey, what do you think about me going to Atlantic City Truck Meet and doing a little reporting? Uh, Because Atlantic City kind of scares me. It's dirty. (laughs) That is is Dirty Jersey, by the way. Uh, I think you should go there. It's on like an Air Force base. I mean, then that sounds even more awesome. Except it's an abandoned Air Force base. Double awesome? Okay. Speaking of a dirty jersey, why don't you read uh, that email from our buddy Tim Allen? Okay. So he says, hello from your favorite state. Saw this while driving downtown Newark for a show. Certainly, oh God, he's he's downtown Newark. Talk about hell on earth. (laughs) I don't think Uh, it's that bad. It is the butthole of America. No, it's not. That's Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Uh, so this is the taint area. <laughs> wow. You just way, way to just take swaths of uh, population and make them hate us. Listen, my Stop father being pop my, ass. my father is from New Jersey. Okay, so I feel that, like no, I, say, I spent every no. Christmas for like the first 10 okay. years of my life Lightning. in New Jersey. Nobody cares. Just keep reading. So certainly thought it was worth capturing and sharing with you. Take a really close look, he says. The last picture is just to show that it's not completely terrible here. I like the quiet places in New Jersey much better, where there aren't so many people. Anyway, fun Friday night find. Happy weekend. Regards, Tim Allen. Now, the photos are it's a, of a it's beautiful a sunny building. day, by the way. It's a yeah. brick building. And as I zoom 
into the side of the brick building. It's uh, clearly an see, old mural that used to can, be on yeah, it. Yeah, you can see that the top part is gone, but the the word, the text at the bottom, mm -hmm. this is probably a 50-foot-tall mural, and the bottom says, Nissan Motor Co. Limited, Tokyo, Japan. So I wonder if that must have been like an old Nissan dealer. I would assume so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, very cool. I like that. All right, uh, I got one last one before we uh, we wrap it up for uh, this episode of the Truck Show Podcast. And just this uh, came on my uh, Instagram as a DM from uh, Giacomo. That's that's all I got. Anyway, it says, Sean, I had a shot question for you since you are the guru. I just got a 2016 Colorado 4x4 with the Duramax in it. I absolutely love that truck, and the mileage is amazing. Amazing is when you get a pedal monster on it. Uh, he says, I was wanting to swap the shocks out for Bill Steins, but didn't know which ones to go with. I have the 5100s on my Duramax Dually, and they are amazing. I didn't know if I should go with the 4600 or the 5100s on my baby D-Max. What are your thoughts? It's just a commuter right now, so I'm really just looking for ride quality. Uh, well, the 4600s are the yellow shocks that are a direct replacement, so that's going to go right in the same spot. The 5100s typically have a little bit more travel. It's a bigger piston size, and it's more performance-oriented shock. Uh, for me, daily driver that might occasionally see a rough road, uh, I'm absolutely going to tell you, go get the 5100s. That's, that's the shock to get. It's their bread and butter shock, and uh, I think they're uh, they're fantastic. So my recommendation, minimum 5100s, and uh, you can go from there. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send your uh, frontier spotting to it or send us a note to read on the air. We'll be happy to do it. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. He's at LBC Lighting. I'm at Sean P. Coleman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast. You can reach us at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or Holman at truckshowpodcast.com or lightning at truckshowpodcast.com. And we want to hear from you on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And by the way, I'm still hooking uh, a brother up. If you uh, hit at LBC Lightning and you're looking for some Banks parts at the hook a brother up price, I will do that. And it's only through the at LBC Lightning on Instagram. So Gail doesn't find out. <laughs> Thank God he uh, trusts us with his money for the show and I'm doesn't just, listen to I'm it. just saying. <laughs> Feel how cold that thing is blowing right now? I was wondering why I was shivering, and it's uh, your mini split. Dude, I have it set at 71. It feels like we could hang meat in here right now. Well, I am uh, I am hanging meat in here, by the way. No, you're, you're hiding meat right now. <laughs> All right. That's how you're going to end the show, huh? I feel like I'm just out. Uh, this isn't, in your own defense... Your worst effort. So, no, this is I'm I'm okay. That's what I'm saying. This isn't this isn't your worst effort. I've had to listen, listen. I'm I'm barely with it. The brain cells are fading fast, my friends. <laughs> and sometimes I'll put in a decent show. Yeah, I would say nine out of ten shows the suckage meter, the lightning suckage meter is high, mm -hmm. really high. It's like it's, it's in the red. It's like the view meter is just like Bing 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 Bing. Off the little right post, you know, the, there's a left post at zero, and then infinity is on the right in the red, and I'm just like bouncing no, 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 off no. the infinity. No, you're not. Nope, you're barreling over. You went right past infinity, and you're starting to touch the other oh, side really? of the so gauge. I, did, the, did the little pin break? Yeah, I, bent, I busted bent, it up. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. bent it over so I can yeah. pass right it, by. A, you think it's a, a, a lightning's alive meter? It's actually a suckage meter. Oh. Yeah, and you just, <laughs> you, you pegged infinity, and you blew right Listen, past so it. so we didn't talk about my chiropractor. Oh, dude. You what know, happened with your chiropractor? Because so, yesterday, you looked like an old man who was about to die. I almost went to CVS to buy a freaking cane, You dude. literally, you, you kept bending over, and you're like, dude. When I stand up, 
It's because my I, back cracks, uh, dude. I sit all damn day. Well, start walking, and dude. Two two weeks ago, I, we're supposed to get stand up desks at work, right? Dude, listen, every other department, but other than marketing, has stand up desks. But our like, and he's like, dude, you got a beer belly in your legs, okay? Like exercise those things. Like it's funny because like. Every part except uh-huh. my middle uh-huh. is in decent shape. I would disagree with Arms that. Arms and legs are okay. in decent shape. Uh-huh. You right? skip leg day every day, though. They're okay. <laughs> okay. They're in decent okay. shape. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know. One day I stood up and is I Is that just... because you had those leg implants put in to make it look like you have uh, muscles? <laughs> no, I did not. Do. <laughs> okay, I didn't checking. do the Kim K. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Kim K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I stood up and all of a sudden I I felt like my hips were out of, out of whack. Like one was higher than uh-huh. the, the other. Yeah. And so- I feel like I had a, what's it called? Um, dysplasia? No, like like dis- an old German shepherd? No, not dysplasia. <laughs> Hip no, dysplasia, no. yeah. You're no, just... what's that thing? Sciatica. Right. Sci- sciatic, where your sure. sciatic nerve is yeah. getting squished. I get that. I felt that, right? Like I my get that all right time. leg was just ain't working. I just, I power through it. And so the next day it wasn't as bad, then I got better. And then, then I got worse again all of a sudden. In all fairness, then, I don't know if it's sciatica or a pinched nerve, but one of them on my right side, no, no boy, no. I don't, I, I don't know. But here's, so I'm going to check out, let's see. I need a listener in Southern California that can, that will offer their services for truck show podcast sh- stickers. Watch this. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm going to. All right, this I'm is lighting standing over. up. He's going to. No, listen, I'm going to bend over and touch my toes. I actually can do that. Most, yeah. a lot of guys my age can't, right. but I can. With your knees bent? No, no. My Watch, my knees are going to stay straight. Okay. But I, I want you to listen to my back. Uh-huh. It's a trip. All right, here we go. Let's see if it works. It does it almost every time. Hang tight. Almost every time. It's like my elbow when I broke it. I I, gotta move the chair. It clicks when I do push-ups now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, could you hear it? No, no. You hit the you hit the mic with your back. Okay, you couldn't. So when I bend over, my back goes. Okay. Oh, so what did your chiropractor say? So he twisted me all up into a pretzel. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I spun, feel, and he twist, he did one of these dude, bear hugs. and then he went for my head, head. And I'm like, yeah. no, I go, my head's fine. No, dude, the my, neck no, is fine, dude. Do it. I was like, the neck's fine. So here's what sucks. And he takes, he, t- he does the thing you've seen before. Yeah. He takes my head, and, and I go, and I, and, I, and I think to myself, this is how it ends. This, oh my God, I hate this so much. Oh, I love I it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I love it. My and, chiropractor retired. But he retired at like fifty five, so I got no one to go to now. Dude, so I'm all jacked good. up. This guy's good. Like I, he's yeah. But what's young. his what's his copay? Uh, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't paid my deductible. I'm yet, poor so. right now, so so listen. He takes my head, and I'm like, I'm about to be in a car accident. I'm going to die. Uh-huh. Like here, this is how I'm going to go on yeah. a chiropractor's table. Yeah, and he does that damn thing. Yeah, that everyone hates. It feels amazing, and he goes. Yeah, and then he does it. and yeah. it just. God, I what's happening oh, in my so neck good. that's awful? I wish somebody could do that I to me. I feel a little better, yeah. but damn, is that scary. That's not Why? scary. Yes, it is. Oh, I love it. It's popping in I your lo- neck. I look forward. To, I'm like, please. But the problem is, is my back's so tight. Like uh, like normal people, my friends are like, do me the bear hug or trying to do it that way. Or nothing happens. My kids walk on my back. Nothing. I need to go back to the Cairo, but my dude retired. And there, I, there are other chiropractors. Here's the thing is I hooked up his truck. Twice, like I'm tires and a tonneau cover to better up. Doesn't matter, he's retired. But here's the deal: he always waived my copay, Uh, and that deal's done now. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you got to start fresh. I know. Hook it, hook someone else up. I lightning's out of stickers. I got some. If you got a chiropractic (laughs) office, I will tell me where you are. And I'll, instead of sending you the bat signal, I'll slap a truck show podcast sticker on your front door of your office, so you know I've been there. Nice. I told this dude. This guy's like. This doctor had to be 26, young dude. And You're like, how many people have you turned into a... Uh, how many people have you crippled? Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not many. I, I go, dude, 
I'm going to Coachella and I'm about to walk 20 miles in a weekend. Yeah. I said, I need whatever you can do. Do it now, please. Mm. And he goes, I got you. I like that. I got you. Yep. And he twisted me all up and I feel better. Like I'm not, I'm, I was walking straight, right? He did, he did, he took Mm x-rays, did all that stuff. And I feel a little better. Knock on wood. I'll feel good tomorrow. We'll see. All right. Well, so, good luck. And you would also didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, the 24 Duramax. Oh, well, I wanted to tell you all the new stuff let's, that's uh, preventing us from coming but, out with parts. But you're in the middle of that still, right? Yes. So next episode. I'm actually going to write it episode 17. Yes. Uh, we've got Willwood mm-hmm. and we have uh, Duramax. It's okay. right here. I'm all writing right. it so we don't forget. Got it. All right. Because all you people who are interested in 24 Duramax uh, and you want parts, you are going to be loving this next story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank GM uh, for those lucky stars. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. If you want a uh, company that uh, loves you as an enthusiast and makes a great, simple, rugged, reliable truck, then uh, go check out our friends over at Nissan. Head over to uh, NissanUSA.com where you can build and price your Frontier, your Titan, your Titan XD. Of course, the Titans have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And I got to tell you, uh, a lot of trucks are quiet once you get up into their luxury models. Uh, that darn Frontier is just about as quiet as the big XD with laminated glass. And, uh, dude, road tripping either of those, because I've spent time in both of those in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Could you so hear, nice. Oh, I got to ask you, could you hear your stomach gurgle after the burrito? Uh, no. No, because I had the uh, Fender Audio System on 12. <laughs> okay, good yeah, answer. Exactly. Uh, but I'll tell you, my back feels pretty good after the zero-gravity seats. Got to hand it to him. Not as good as a massage, though. No, not or a chiropractor, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. See, some of these manufacturers, they have the the, the air bladders, and they've got just the, it just pulses. A lot of the, they hurt. They call it a massage, and it's not. It's just air turning under you. I need the chiropractic seat where you sit in it and it grips your shoulders and your neck around the seat. Pulls by the you pull, and yeah. And you like like launch it when you land, everything goes. <laughs> oh, so that sounds amazing. All right, so Nissan, we're tasking you yeah. with creating a chiropractic yeah. seat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the next zero, generation the zero, zero gravity. gravity chiropractic uh, seat. Dude, you would own it. Yeah. Could you imagine if you never had to see a chiropractor because your Nissan could adjust your back while you drive? Dude, it, it has these, it reaches around you and holds your shoulders yeah. in with like, like, but it's hands like, no, 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 it's the mom arm when you break like in case somebody you know cuts you off the oh, yeah. seat grabs you and you're like oh I'm, I'm in why do moms think that they can stop you <laughs> yeah i mean thousands of pounds of mass of force just, of, just yeah. going forward hey man speak for yourself yeah if you want to check out the brand new nissan the nissan titan or the frontier go down to your local nissan dealer and when you're looking to spruce up your old truck whether you have a 6.2 a 6.5 a 6.0 a 6.7 a 6.6 any of the diesels new or old Head over to bankspower.com, type in your year, make, and model, and grab the performance products to make that slug fast. And for those of you suffering from blown shock syndrome, which we like to call BSS. <laughs> so if your truck has a, a bad case of the BSS and you're leaking oil and your shock's no longer damp, but your driveway is, then uh, you want to head over to BillsteinUS.com. You, you need to write that down. Is that is a that, t-shirt too? Yeah. Or just a slogan for Bill Stein? Can you say it again? Uh, if your uh, shocks don't damp, but your driveway is. No, that's not what you uh, said. Damn it. Something about if your shocks are damp, and your wait. No, no, no. If your if your shocks won't damp, but yeah, but your driveway is, because all your oil leaked out and dripped all over. Something like yeah. All right, we'll have to listen back to that now. (laughs) This is how tired we are when we do the show. We don't even remember what we we said. Failing in real time. All right, here you go. Go to BillsteinUS.com. Replace those uh, leaky hydraulic cylinders of third-rate oil and uh, get yourself some really high-quality Billstein stuff. 
Whether you're towing, whether it's your daily driver, whether you go off-road, Bilstein makes the shock for you. Every shock that they make is specially tuned to your vehicle. Of course, Bilstein makes uh, shocks of different extended and collapsed lengths. So even if you have a lift kit and you want to replace your old crappy uh, white shocks on that bad boy, chances are Bilstein has an application that will even upgrade your old lifted truck. So again, head over to BilsteinUS.com. I rely on Bill Steins for all of my personal builds. I love the brand. And, of course, uh, Lighting's even uh, had a chance to uh, experience the Bill Stein magic with his uh, aluminum body, Bill Stein Blackhawk E-squareds on his TRX. I love them, but you can't have them. Why? Because they don't own a TRX. <laughs> they might. And well, if they do, they, they, they have, have them. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, BillSteinUS.com for all your shock needs. Thank God this show is over so I can go home, sleep for a few hours, and then head to Coachella. You'll be uh, sleeping in a uh, shift pod and uh, snorting the E? <laughs> People don't snort I don't know. ecstasy. <laughs> I mean, I, would, I don't think they do. I wouldn't know. Been, been, out, of the know? been out of the game for a while? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck at Coachella. I hope you don't turn into a mud person. and That's a different concert. You enjoy a lot of music. What well, Name one person that's... Playing there, that's awesome. How about freaking Blink-182? How about Calvin Harris? How about Blackpink? How about Bad Bunny? How about Gorillaz? How about Chemical Brothers? How about Blondie? How about Becky G? How about Metro Boomin? How about Youngblood? How about... The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast.